two, one, go. Hello, ah! welcome to Plaid Chat Overwatch episode 102. I am here, your regular host, joined by Reinforce, and the grey man has returned. <laughs> the, this alien slug life form is back, devoid of all human colour. There's no blood in his do system. I to, do I need to fix my colour? Is this what you're telling me? Do I need to fix my colour saturation? No, it's just funny. It's just funny. Yeah. Avas, you're the, in the a very... The guard said we had an hour with him, so we gotta do this fast. Yeah, I get one hour. One hour. <laughs> one hour, then he has to go back. <laughs> Avast, tell me, tell me why you haven't been on the show recently, huh? You don't care about Overwatch anymore? What, what's, what's going on? Yeah, I've actually, much like Jonathan, I well, actually, no, I'm going to go into that topic later. I was about to go, I was about to talk about Jonathan's topic first, <laughs> but instead, I was going to save that topic for later. I'm, Stop I deflected. Essentially, I got fucked, Josh. I got fucked. There's no other way around it. I've been owned. I, they put my mover. You know, do you know that there's a, a very large uh, subcontracting service of movers called brokers? And apparently they can sell you a service to move and they don't have to guarantee that date at all. They're just like, it could be here if they invented teleportation <laughs> and they don't have to disclose that. And that's what happened to me because I was told my stuff was going to be here on Saturday of last mm. week, this, this past weekend. Uh, my stuff did not arrive until Wednesday. And in fact, that's still early because it could have been two weeks from then. Still, it could have been two the, weeks. It been you two just don't weeks. have any of your personal right, belongings. Yep. So I just the, got lucky. The brokers were just out there thinking with portals. They were like, yeah, mm, maybe yeah. we could sell this guy Yeah, I here. called them and they're like, oh, we can get it here on t on Saturday. Just pick up on Monday. So they picked up on Monday. I left for Florida on, on Friday because also now I'm in beautiful Boca Raton. Right, uh, right, right. What's yeah. it like? Have you met a lot of old people? Uh, I have actually the, the second night I was in my apartment, there was a fight beneath me and they had to call <laughs> the police. The second night. <laughs> So they were in the parking lot, and this guy and his girlfriend were very drunk, and they fought with an Uber driver, and the, the Uber, started, Uber driver started chasing him around with, like, a broom handle he had in his back, and I was watching it from my window, and then the police got called, and that was the second night I was in Florida. And my complex, by the way, it's a very nice new complex. It's not, like, some sort of, like, it's not some sort of, like, disaster, like, area yeah, yeah, yeah. fight to be happening. Nope, it was just a Florida moment, just an immediate Florida <laughs> moment, like, right as soon as I arrived. So, uh, you know, that was cool. Uh, I've That's... dodged two hurricanes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Since then, you you really have been living fun. a living the life of just I don't know. You've been a man on an adventure. That's what it has been uh, the last. That two is weeks. one way. That is one way to just. <laughs> and he's. I mean, his internet is also a little oh, dodgy. Oh no! You gotta be joking with me. I mean, what a he, disaster! He just yeah, my internet's his... here. My internet's. I'm on Ethernet. I can hear you the whole time. I don't know oh, why. Really? I'm. Okay. Your, your image cut out, and it, 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 I, we thought you got. You know. Removed. We'll see. We'll see. He might yeah, get I'm yoinked. On the internet, it seems he fine. might get yoinked back to his home planet occasionally. <laughs> Jonathan, what have you been up to? Because I hear you've got your hands deal even in some d devious shit. What What are you uh, up to? Wheeling and dealing, huh? Oh uh, no, I I don't really want to get into it to be honest. But I I, I feel like I have to explain myself because yeah. I've just been vacant from the the internet. I I've just been removed i'm into the nft craze oh I lord I almighty am. yep oh <laughs> god up, okay what is this woke up at 7 a.m so i could pay money to get this <laughs> isn't this from like nuclear throne is that like a character from nuclear throne or is that just the nft it looks like it's a character bird. from like it's a bird okay it's a it's a pixel bird okay yeah. okay jonathan you're gonna have to explain to me because my understanding of nfts is that it's a piece of artwork that you can verify via blockchain that it is unique and belongs to one person. Even if you replicate yes. it, it has like a specific hash or something that means that uh -huh. it can always be traced back to you are the real owner, like a physical wow. item. Okay. Why the fuck did you pay for a chicken? Um, 
it's a bird first and foremost it's it's Chicken's not a, a type chicken, of bird. A chicken well it's an adult this is uh this right here is called a thug bird um it has sunglasses you can see the beak sticking out uh some of the thug birds they 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 have uh sunglasses they have uh uh, uh like gold chains uh hats um some of them have cigarettes you know like they're they're just uh, differently generated birds. Um, okay. This one, I thought it was pretty. It was relatively cheap uh, based on the current market price. Would you? Uh, do you feel comfortable revealing how much you paid for that bird? Uh, three, three Solana. And Solana is a, a different currency on a different network from Ethereum and Bitcoin, uh, which I guess, it, you know, in, in this current market, it's about $350. Oh um, so <laughs> freaking God, what is going on? People are going insane. <laughs> For the bird, <laughs> oh, your mic, your mic is is is, is I'm, I, I, oh my lord! I mean, I could, with my microphone. I, I I could buy like four microphones with one bird right now uh, with, with your quality. So wait, wait, wait! Uh, but you're you're not buying it to frame it or something like that. You're buying it in order to flip it for more down the road or something. Are you expecting the bird to appreciate more than the coin itself? Is that the idea? Uh, well, I mean, that, that is compounded, essentially, because I'm expecting the price to go up of the bird while the price of the coin goes up simultaneously. Um, so at that point, it's compounded. Can you only buy it with that coin? Uh, yes, because that is the network it's being, um, like, circulated on. So It is I'm, so I'm, far uh, outside of my understanding <laughs> and my comprehension I don't even. I mean, I, 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 I feel. I feel like a boomer trying to talk to a child right now. I don't mean that in I mean, terms of you being childish, but like it. Like the only interaction I've ever had like this is me trying to explain what esports are to my parents, and I feel like my dad right now. I mean, I feel like an absolute idiot. I, I will say that. So I got pretty drunk last night, so I'm hungover now, <laughs> barely slept, and I feel like an absolute idiot. Like I don't know why I'm doing this. Like I'm laughing at myself. So wait, it was for... seven a.m. You were hungover and you bought a thug bird. Yes. Oh my word! It wasn't even a dr okay. I mean, I mean, that is not financial advice. Play, you know, I, yes. I mean, I was hungover, but I had, you know, I set the alarm at six forty-five ahead of time. So wow. Okay. Yes, uh, this was calculated. So uh, this is what I've been up to. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe this. This is like I, it's kind of bad that we're showing this on our podcast. By the way, is it? I, I think at some point we lose our reputation like we're gonna be one of those face clan guys who gets like involved in the live stream fails drama i mean just, like, let's let's start by saying we're not endorsing it we're not telling you to go and buy it we're not involved I, in I any have, way i have two birds i do not recommend you go buy your own birds that's <laughs> he's, all that's, he's, that's he's got two i am not your financial advisor please don't buy birds <laughs> <laughs> okay right well that's uh that's a trip both of your weeks um uh, let's, I let's feel get on like with the such show, an idiot right now. Oh my god! No, no, no! no. Don't worry. Oh. Listen, listen. Your money is yours to spend how you wish. If you want to spend, <laughs> you're going to be the one laughing at us, Jonathan. Once it's <laughs> worth of nearly two million dollars a Solana or some or Sola Strata or whatever the Absolutely. fuck it's called. You know? Oh my god! I've maintained throughout the 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 blockchain stuff is just you know not worth getting into, while other people get extraordinarily rich by getting into. Yeah, it. Yeah, you're you're more you of know? a gold person. Am I correct? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm more of a stuff you cash in the mattress kind of person. <laughs> no risk involved always depreciates that's what i'm interested in okay, okay. Uh, let's, let's move on yeah, let's go on with the show though because there was some unfortunate news this week as well referring to the overwatch league playoffs the overwatch league playoffs were originally designed to have the play-ins in dallas then they were going to be moving over to la for the grand finals 
uh, or rather the playoffs were going to be in Dallas and then the grand finals in LA. Unfortunately, due to the spread of Delta and the fact that it's especially bad in Dallas, and also because as far as I'm aware, some of the team players that are in like uh, China and Korea, because in those regions, they're very heavily age regulated when you're able to get vaccines some of the players aren't vaccinated not by choice but just because it's not been available to be offered to that age group um uh, within some of those countries so because of stuff like that the Overwatch League has decided to move everything to be happening in hawaii much to the disappointment of fans who were trying to go in person teams alanda rain everyone are disappointed yeah to, everybody to, to be honest you know yeah i mean apart from the chinese fans who were happy that their chinese players don't have to travel in dangerous circumstances which i suppose is understandable but yeah oh yeah oh yeah i mean that's your stance on it. um yeah i mean avast talk to me about this Okay. Good talk. <laughs> okay, he's actually out, I suppose. Good talk. <laughs> Look at Good his talk, face my well. man. Good I talk. Mean, well, what are you... That's an NFT right there. No, but I mean... <laughs> he looks like my bird. <laughs> no, uh, I, I mean... I'll, I'll talk while his, his, uh, his internet recovers. Um, I mean, I, I think everyone are very disappointed by this move. Uh, of course, because we all wanted, you know, have uh, have a crowd again. We had that one Dallas event in Arlington um, that Dallas Fuel hosted. It was amazing. Yeah. And we got a bit of a taste of just how good live events actually are, of how good Overwatch live events actually are. So come playoffs, I think we were all excited <laughs> to actually see um, APAC teams and NA teams come together uh, to be in the same place and play matches live and in front of an audience. Um, so first it, it's hard to not as well. Sorry? Our first LAN games of the entire year would have been held in, in Dallas and oh, Los Angeles. Oh, the servers, you mean as well? Oh, my god. Yeah, goodness. like the That's entire funny. thing of like just being in person. I'm on twice yeah. now. I'm replacing a vast. Um, yeah, <laughs> apparently still some hiccups. Matt with had an internet. emergency meeting, by the way. So Matt couldn't be on because he had an emergency meeting. So, oh, you want to pause? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm fine with that. All right, Avast is back. We've managed to fix things. He, he's recovered. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to bother asking you what the issue was. We thought it was your internet, and you, you nearly bricked no. your PC. <laughs> no, let's just, you know, let's just, it's a new setup. The, the, this whole, uh, at this point, I feel like, I, 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 I just feel like it can't get any worse. So let's just move on. Let's okay. talk about Hawaii. Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts, Avast, on Hawaii as well, because Jonathan was just saying, from everybody on the league side, it's disappointing. Everyone wanted these live events to occur and have this this plan. I mean, ideally, it would have been even bigger than it just being in you know Dallas and LA or whatever. But this was the intention. Uh, what, what's your what's your feel on how it's ended up going? Personally, so I, I I'm disappointed. Obviously, I'm. I mean, no one's gonna walk away and be like, I'm really happy this happened, guys. Everyone happy? Everyone happy? We don't have a live grand finals and, and playoffs. Like everyone's like, no one's happy about that. But I am disappointed in this aspect, which I feel like it seems really unfortunate that Overwatch League as an esport is currently unable to find way to host live events while like other games are. Especially with the availability of vaccines in the U.S. in particular, which a lot of our teams and like the and the ability to just pick a location you could travel to and quarantine for two weeks, right? And especially if you mandate masks and vaccines and everything like that, make sure like it seems like you're still capable of putting on a show. However, I do understand where the risk of that is deemed too he too heavy. The league, right? Like you could go for those options, but obviously 
that still is risky. You're still tra putting, making people travel and go somewhere, especially when some of the players, like for example, like London Spitfire players or the Paris Eternal players, um, they are in countries where the white the vaccines aren't quite. Well, actually, if you're in the UK, then yes. But like, if you're not in the UK, like the vaccines aren't quite as widely available as that's they are the same in for countries. China and Korea as well. By the yes, way, like, exactly. A number of those yeah. players might not have been able to. So, I mean, there are reasons I can understand why the risk could be deemed unacceptable, but it is unfortunate when you see, like, when you look at games like Valorant or for League, you know, they're still hosting live events, and, or at yeah. least uh, bringing the players together into a LAN environment, even if there's no crowd. To talk about um, that a little bit more, though, to give some context for people who don't follow other esports, LCS, I believe, just canceled their live uh, finals, but they're still planning to go on with Worlds, which is going to be significantly later than, than the Overwatch League playoffs, but still, you know... Uh, in they the same kind of time from China to Europe too. Right, so. they had to move from China to Europe because China was uh, getting much stricter on how they're doing things. They're also very strict in terms of their um, individuals as well. In terms of like, if you're trying to get back into the country, you have to quarantine for a huge amount of time if you're trying to get back into China, especially if you tested positive. It's not just like a small period of time. So the Chinese players could have got rinsed on that. Um, but also... Um, COD Champs just happened, which was ro also run by Activision Blizzard. So I think that's got a, a lot of people question, well, why, why was that able to occur, but ours isn't? And I think, as far as I'm aware, the answer to that is probably because we've got people flying in from different parts of the world, very distant, like Europe and APAC as well, where access to vaccines is more limited. As far as I'm aware, it's not visa-related, although Avala has been talking about the fact that the Paris Eternal players have also been struggling with visas as well. Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of people who argue about this issue and the difficulties of actually having playoffs and LAN in North America um, argue like it's only America being involved. Because, you know, having been in America myself, getting the vaccine and everything, like, yes, it took a long time to get our vaccines for people in the United States. But all in all, like most people I know have gotten the vaccine now, the availability is there. But for other countries, if you're like in the European countries, I don't know the situation in Korea and China, but like getting the vaccine is a completely different story than being in America. And they have different kind of like mask mandates. For example, in Sweden, for a long time, they didn't have any regulations at all. As far as I'm concerned, it was just like, hey, you know, just be Swedish, you know, don't stand near people because that's what Swedish people do. And yeah. that's kind of how like the government approached yeah. it. So it's obviously going to differ from country to country. And so when it comes to China, like I don't know anything about the COVID regulations in China um, or some of these other Asian countries. Um, so it's going to differ. So then you have different situations come which players are actually vaccinated. I mean, I got the vaccine as a 25-year-old at the time before my parents did in Sweden. So that yeah, just same. gives you an idea that, that, that other countries have different uh, vaccine availabilities um, than, you know, as you mentioned, travel, visas, uh, you know, how you get into the country. Today, actually, um, the European Union voted that they barred Americans from traveling to Europe um, if it wasn't like an emergency travel so or something other, like that. So the you other have part that, that, and then it's like <clears throat> Asia. Like, I'm just saying there's so many different, like, yeah regulations and then you have the vaccines and covid you're like there's so many yeah. many things to it that it's not as easy as just like get them in give them the vaccine put some masks on are we good to go like it's not that simple and i think yeah. people have to be more understanding the, the other part to that as well is that even when states make or states governments whatever uh say that certain people are banned i believe the overwatch league and john specter has talked about this on on reddit i think as well have has been able to get exemptions and like create travel 
uh, exemptions for players to be able to get into the country. So in theory, even if over what, uh, even if the North America was like, no, you're not allowed in if you're from the UK, for example, that was the, their policy for a long time. In fact, it might still be that you're not allowed to come in if you have just come from the UK. But I believe the Overwatch has allowed or got an exemption for like a big sporting event so that they could come if they have a visa and Crucially, the Overwatch League believes it's safe for them to do so. And that second point is the one that's really important here, too. I saw a lot of people arguing in the aftermath of this that it's unfair that the Atlanta Rain players and, you know, the other North American players are going to have to travel to Hawaii for, like, the third, fourth time, the fourth time for them, in fact, this year, which is obviously increased risk. But when you weigh that against unvaccinated people traveling, the risk is, like, clearly balanced in favor of sending the North American teams. Now, Gator, I think it was, was angry about this and tweeted, like, I think he said something like, make one good decision challenge, brackets very hard, or something like that. There we go. There's the tweet. And Gator clarified afterwards that he wasn't meaning that um, he wanted live finals. He was saying that he feels like it's a burden on him and his team to have to travel this much during a pandemic. Um, and different people have different capacities for what they view as like personal risk that they want to take on. So I can understand this point of view. I do feel like from the league's point of view that it is reasonable as long as safety precautions are kept for vaccinated people to travel. But I can see where this point of view comes from. And also, as he mentions at the end, Pelican isn't available. But my opinion on that is the same as with every sporting event. It's an injury. And that's why you have subs. The, the, yeah, that's there's no special exceptions for people who get injured. That, that happens to playoff teams all the time in sports. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think overall it's all like once again I want to clarify too if it wasn't understood just in case anyone were to get mad at me. I am completely understanding of the risk involved, which is why I get why they're not going to do it right. It just feels unfortunate because I feel like other places are able to make it work right. It seems like oh. other events are going to be able to make it work. But also, we are in a much more. I mean, but I mean, also when you, I mean, we're in a very global league comparatively to like CDL, uh, yeah. right? So closest comparison is, actually that I've seen is League of Legends Worlds because that will have Chinese yeah. players coming, and yeah. we'll see what happens with that. And we'll see what maybe, happens with that. I mean, you know, there's no guarantee yeah. that even works out. Worlds could be a disaster theoretically because it hasn't happened yet. It could be a disaster for teams traveling. So, so like I, I totally get it, and I understand why they're saying like, hey, we're gonna stick with Hawaii, and once again, it is easier to move people that are living in the U.S. because of the vaccinations that are available than it is to do international travel and, like, lack of vaccines for other people. So totally get that. It's just a little disappointing, but I can live with it. I do agree, though, also when you look at the Atlanta Reigns point specifically and, and how Gator was talking, that it is very, very unfortunate that we are in a situation now, once again, where, like, yes, we're not only forcing teams to travel to Hawaii in the middle of a pandemic, but they're vaccinated, you know, but still a risk. But also on top of that, the competitive aspects of having to travel again when sure. the Apex teams have never had to travel, right? Um, sure. And then obviously Pelican can't go, but like you said, that's just unfortunate. That's just, he has an injury. That could happen, like, or be, that could theoretically happen if he had just fallen and broken his fucking legs or something, you know? Like, sure. that's, it, it's just something that's unlucky in that regard. Yeah. But it is a footnote when we talk about, when we head into playoffs and grand finals and just the general year, um, you know, it's a footnote of like, and that's honestly not, special to this year too because when we look at last year for how the events turned out because yeah, when covid yeah. first happened like there's been so much just unbelievable roadblocks that have happened and like logistical problems because of covid initially and this is just another one of them is like na teams have to travel it stinks 
it sucks. I wish there was another way that they felt like they could find a solution to it, but it doesn't seem like there is another easily available solution other than having like completely separate regional playoffs. And then you just have like a, a grand final. And that's like the whole thing, which to me so. feels less exciting than Hawaii still. It's literally, if you did what Gator was proposing, that's very similar to the, your, your playoffs and grand final from last year, but it's in all ways from an entertainment perspective, it's worse than just the stage finals that we've had all year long. It's literally yeah. worse than that product. The attempt from the league was to make a better product with everybody being here. So the plan B is the same as the stage finals. Plan like you know C D would be that kind of thing. So, but yeah. I, I, I mean, can understand I, it. I I will also speak to the worlds thing as well. Um, the thing with League of Legends as well is that like they don't have our plan B when they make the decision to run worlds. You know what what are their alternatives? It's like yeah, they can delay worlds and like maybe find a studio and then you know have it being played. But the blessing and the curse with Overwatch is that we actually have a decent plan B. Like, we can, you know, send our players to Hawaii. And, you know, when it comes to players traveling during, during COVID, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say that... Um, like, if, if a player genuinely has trouble traveling during COVID because they feel unsafe or, like, they're not comfortable traveling to Hawaii, like, I'm not going to judge you for that. I think that's very understandable. Um, but I will say that our, the, the solution the Overwatch League has with being able to have players travel to Hawaii have a server that both uh, Asian players and North American players, um, or teams rather, can play at a pretty competitive uh, level. Like, that's a good solution that a lot of other esports don't have um, available to them. So when it comes to League of Legends, well, they have to find a solution that works for them and their servers and their competitive integrity. Uh, while for Overwatch, like, you know, I, I think our Hawaii solution is very reasonable. So when it comes to... Um, the people in charge of the Overwatch League making the decision that, hey, our plan B is you know, to have the Overwatch League playoffs in Hawaii, we find that that's right for us. I think that that's a good solution that we have up our sleeve. Um, you know, it's not as good as live esports, but it, it, it's pretty good considering the circumstances of COVID. Yeah. Also, if you're watching and you haven't had a vaccine by choice, please go and get a vaccine. I understand if you're medically unable to do it or you're too young or whatever, but if you can please go and get a vaccine because it's still only like 60% of people over the age of 16 in uh, in the US, I think. And there is tons of availability. So if you don't have one, if you know people that don't have one, persuade. Don't Let's... end up on the r slash Herman McCain award subreddit. Just don't. Just go get a vaccine. I've never heard please. of that. Oh, I'm not going it's, there. It's a very funny subreddit though, but in a bad way. Oh. Okay. All right. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about the play-ins, though, because we have um, a great thing that we run in Overwatch League that I don't see very many other esports do, is selecting opponents. It's the best way of guaranteeing that top seed actually makes sense because you get first selection of your opponents. And I did you see how the Washington Justice selected Paris, or at least how they said they involved? selected Paris? It was oh, great. No, I didn't see, why would, see why this. Why would I view? I, what, did you ask? It, are you asking Josh or me who was involved? I wasn't oh, involved. No, oh, I wasn't weren't? involved oh, okay. in it. They, just they, because there's an egg involved doesn't mean Josh owns all things to eggs. They they oh, added me. I just me. saw you tagged or something. Yeah. Yeah, they added me because there's an egg. The idea is that they're like sla slapping this jar, and at any point one of them can raise it and try and bait the other into breaking the egg, and so oh, wow. so you're trying to like. 
<laughs> they're trying to bait the other person into breaking the egg and making a huge mess. And what? at some point, they say to each other, like, this is so dumb, you'd have to be stupid to break this egg. It's so easy, this challenge for a pro gamer. I mean, I, I think that... There you go, Tuba says, whoever cracks this is stupid dumb. Even our grandma wouldn't crack this. And then... And then it, it gets flattened. <laughs> <laughs> Like immediately afterwards, immediately after he says, you'd have to be so dumb to smash the egg. I, I, who even is that? Yeah. Who was that with Tuba? Was that Tuba? Oh, it, was Jer it was, wasn't that Jerry, Jerry and Tuba? Yeah, it was oh, Jerry but Tuba. it was, it was, uh, tu was it Tuba that said that you'd have to be stupid and then he yes, smashed it? it. Was, yeah, yeah, I, well, I, I don't remember. I'd have to go back and look. I don't remember who smashed it. Either way, it was, here, we can see the replay, instant replay. Oh, right, it was Finish Tuba. Time. Yeah, it was Tuba. So he, yep. he literally says <laughs> that you'd have to be dumb to break it. Then he just whacks the egg. <laughs> I like this. I think this they is really funny content. Did they find this on uh, one of those TikTokers or something? Where, where did they come up with this idea, huh? I don't know. They probably just had their... I mean, who knows? Knowing with the Mastermind pre behind it, anything's possible. Have you just <laughs> seen, by the way, unrelated to this, also another piece of Justice content, when before one of their matches, they put out a video... And it was pre-talking to them all, and he brought in a bunch of ping pong balls, and he's like, "You guys have to crush your fears, and you're, that's why you're losing." And like, pre <laughs> was handing out like ping pong balls, like Fury, you gotta crush your fear, Fury, and like making them like crush like these balls. He's just, like screaming, at he's, like not a bad way, but he's like the other place, like crush your fears, and it's like <laughs> the weirdest like shit I've ever seen of like him handing out balls to these players. Where and, like, is it? And it's on their Twitter, Kurt. If you I've got to it, see this video. Down. It's so funny to me because it's like pre just like just yelling at the players with ping pong balls. We crush your fears. These are your fears. Crush them. And it's just like, it's just too funny. Like, I just loved it. Like, Justice put out some like unintentionally hilarious content. Was it supposed to be fun though? Or no, I, I think that was literally him like pumping up the players. Like, this is ideas like hand in ping pong balls and being like a motivational speaker being like this is your fear you gotta crush your fear and like <laughs> just yelling at fury to crush his fears and it's just like uh it's too funny it was like i actually i think it's fucking hilarious watching coaches do that stuff because some of it's really important like at some level you do have to connect yeah, this is it, oh. this is it. you have to kill your past mistakes fury and then he's just like <laughs> making them smash it <laughs> And it is like it's just too funny. Oh, I love you missed the part where Pre is giving the speech though. You did it too too late. Like you have oh, to scroll. You right have to go back. See, oh, there we go. Your, that's the beginning, but it's, just, <laughs> it's like that's the full video. That's just the link on Twitter, I think. So it's not the full video. But yeah, there was like this whole thing of Pre just yelling. Well, was at the that before a game? I'm uh, I'm not I, sure I, when that was. I need to know what game so we can see if it worked out or not. Yeah, did it work? That's what. I mean, Fury did start playing a lot better towards the end of the stage. Please don't you know, tell me it was the Toronto game. So. It was. It was before they played against Vancouver. Apparently. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what Kurt is saying. Okay. Here. Well, that's not a big deal. Then. I mean, the thing is, though, we were thinking this might be a close match, and then it wasn't. They don't. They it absolutely yeah. dominated them. So they True. they crushed their fears. They crushed their fears. They crushed oh, their yeah, fears. Yeah. But there's been some funny stuff happening. Do you think um, Paris was a good selection for Washington? They didn't obviously select via the egg. They did that afterwards and made it look like they'd done it randomly. But they, they I mean, deliberately chose Paris here. What do you think about we, that selection? We all would have predicted them picking Boston, right? I, I would have were, imagined we all? that, yeah. But I think they're kind of much of a muchness, Paris and Boston, at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, I suppose <laughs> Paris haven't looked... I mean, that's incredible fan art. I love that, by the way. Credit to uh, Story Palette. That's um, really good. Yeah, I... I 
I mean, I can kind of see it both ways in their situation. Like if you compare the two teams, I think we generally have uh, a lower opinion of Boston Uprising and how they finished their season. But like Paris Eternal, they haven't been great as of recent uh, either. I mean, they took two losses through the Defiant, um, haven't really shown that they're able to specialize in one composition and, and reach a good peak level. Avast is frozen again. Another NFT. Uh, <laughs> another NFT. The, the, Av- the Avast, uh, Avast collection uh, <laughs> soon. Soon on OpenSea. Uh, <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I can kind of see it both ways. I, I think that generally Boston Uprising would have been my pick here, but I don't know what you think about I'm not. Here. I'm not really sure. The thing is, I feel like it's so difficult to try and select an opponent when you don't know what the meta is. Maybe the teams have a better understanding because they're going to be able to scrim at least a little bit on like open hero pools and stuff. But coming into the end of the season, our all of our last evidence for how good teams are is based on their hero pool performance. With you know Lucio being out, Sigma being out, Ash, Echo. I think those were the picks, right? Was it not Ash? I can't even remember what the picks yeah, were. Yeah, it was. Right, it was. It was Ash and Echo. Yeah. So. I don't really have a great understanding of what the meta is going to be because I thought we were going to be trending very heavily in the ball's end kind of direction. And then when we came to the actual games, there was a lot of Arissa being played, still quite a lot of Winston. How does Rush fit into this? Can you still play that? Is it good counter to the Arissa stuff? So will the Arissa not be played? I feel like there's still a lot of stuff that's up in the air. But Boston have come out with some pretty decent big upset results. So if you want to try and dodge that, maybe you go for Paris. I don't know. Pretty difficult to tell, in my opinion. Ooh. He's okay. back. I'm he not turning returned. on that. So this time I uh, opened up my internet and it crashed my PC. So I don't know what's going on, but I was like going to check something. <laughs> oh my God. So I'm just not going to open anything. I'm just going to keep it here so we don't have to pause or do it. So my bad, this... I'm doing with the most finicky PC of all times. I'm fucking moving cathode ray tubes around and plugging in like some sort of 50s phone operator to figure out like what's happening. So whatever. I'm just not going to open shit. All right. So well, where were we? Where were we? We're still recording. My question so to you, Avast, Paris, is yeah. was Paris the better selection instead of Boston for Washington to play against? Because they had the choice of the two. Is there any way of knowing? And would you agree with their selection now? So what I was going to go look up is what was Paris's last couple of results? I'm trying to remember what their last few results were. I think were. they beat they Dallas and then they went like one and three, didn't they? Yeah, they beat Dallas and they had a really Maybe bad... Maybe two and like two? They had a pretty, had a pretty bu- yeah, because they had a Matt Byer versus Toronto two they and lost. Two. They beat Lon- London and then they lost to Boston and then they also... Wait, what? And then they-, they had two map fives against Toronto. They had yeah. one... Yeah, they had one as like their qualification game for the Countdown Cup and then they had one that they lost in the regular season. Oh. I mean, honestly... Looking and, and looking back, because they it, to me they took a start uh, a pretty steep decline in quality. When you compare their previous stage, when you compare their stage three to their stage four, I was big on fucking Paris. Like I was, I was really big on that team. I thought they were looking incredible. They seemed incredibly flexible, and then their stage four happened, and they kind of fucking plummeted. Now, granted, well, they, they played out- a stronger. They started out great with that win over Dallas. Dallas, yeah. And then they kind of just just plummeted from there. Uh, So they had two map fives with Toronto as well. And Toronto did look like, you know, they looked a lot better. They looked a lot better that stage. But I mean, their loss versus Boston was pretty appalling. And even still, even though Toronto was looking a lot better, they still should have beaten Toronto if you took their stage three performance and where Toronto was at, right? They they got reverse swept in one of them, right? Yeah. So I, I do think that overall... Oh, no, sorry. They were, they were going to come back from a reverse sweep. They went down 0-2, and then they tried to come back from the sweep and lost in game five. 
I, I still think Boston's the safer bet here, but considering that Paris looks so poor in stage four, it's not like the worst choice ever, but it seems hard to believe that Boston would not be a safer pick, right? Because I could believe that Paris maybe does something and just like fixes their issues, right? And pops off. think they have a higher seed. Playoffs. Yeah, they could, pop, they, could, they could return to form and pop okay. off in playoffs, right? They've had a really good year overall, honestly, like a pretty solid year. And Boston's been... Pretty mediocre the entire year. If not, I mean, what have they been, like bottom four in NA the whole time? Uh, so. Yeah, something like that. I don't, I don't know. They finished like eight and eight in the season, so they're, they're pretty even, but I, I don't know. I guess they've been hanging around like the bottom four. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're bottom four. They're right there. So, like, oh, I, I think, so granted, I mean, Paris are simply are right around there too, but I would argue that, like, Paris should have finished a bit higher, but yeah. obviously they didn't win those games. So overall, they're relatively even matched when you take their records and when you compare Paris's final stage in Boston. I, I don't think that's a bad pick, but I feel like I have more faith in Paris to fix themselves in playoffs than I do Boston. All right, let's take a look at the play-in bracket then, because the way the play-ins work, if you need a reminder, is that each region has their own play-in, and that's to get into the playoffs. And the playoffs are going to be happening in Hawaii, right? And the, that's where everyone is mixed together, all the different regions. But we're still in the regional aspect right now. As far as we can tell, the Overwatch League doesn't even have this bracket on their website. I don't know where you would even find it. So we're going to pull up Liquipedia, and we're going to do like a little run through the, the play-in bracket preds. Um, that's happening this weekend, I believe. Uh, both the North American one and the APAC one. So, first match we've got is that Paris-Washington game. Let's talk about this one a little bit. I would, I mean, talk to me about this game. It, what Washington justice are we going to see here if you had to put your money on it for play-ins? Uh, I mean, I don't think, I don't, the thing about this match is I don't know what Paris Eternal or what Washington justice we're going to see because okay. genuinely, like, all, both of these teams have liked playing different cancel compositions like washington justice they 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 got good at that lucio moira composition at the end of june joust uh was it summer showdown they played some rush as well against some of these teams yeah yeah um and they played rush pretty well against the dallas fuel um mag had a pretty good reinhardt performance um you know hypothetically we wanted them to be better with the wrecking ball composition so the washington justice They've shown us throughout the year that they can really excel and play a lot of different compositions at a high level. But then, you know, some matches they just plummet um, and like the Countdown Cup, like their qualifier games, they were pretty horrendous. Um, so I have no idea what I'm going to get from the Washington Justice. And the same token, like Paris Eternal, they've done the same thing. Like they've shown us rush compositions. Uh, they were happy playing Wrecking Ball when other teams even weren't back in June Joust and stuff like that, right? So I have... No idea what's going to happen in this matchup. I'd like to believe that some teams still recognize that Wrecking Ball probably is the best main tank in the game right now. Um, and, and they'd prefer playing some of those compositions. Like maybe we see Paris Eternal continue to play Naga on the Farah, uh, down on the Wrecking Ball and stuff like that. But at the same time, like maybe they revert back to rush compositions because that's just like some of their comfort picks as well. And they know they can get by um, in playoff matches like they're just playing rush or playing monkey compositions, even if you're Washington Justice. So I have no idea, to be honest with you. <laughs> do you agree, Vas, that this is an impossible game to call? Or do you have an inkling in one or, one or the other direction? I've been looking up some of the previous results to remind myself on my phone on now because I can't open up on my, <laughs> oh my PC. God. Uh, just because I wanted to give myself a quick memory boost. Uh, yeah. Overall, 
Yeah, I think it's like impossible to call. I mean, I think when you look at because when you comparatively like if this was if you asked me at the beginning of the stage, I'm like the Paris wins this ten times out of ten, you know. But Justice actually had like a reasonable stage, all things considered. Uh, I I do feel like compositionally because what's our play for play ins? Are we also going back to no yes. hero limits? Right? No, no hero, hero bans. No hero. No, no hero pull. Yeah. Yeah, and so. I look at that and I think that favors Justice too because Justice are going to be able to play a little bit more of a flexible or actually okay. I think well, let back. me let me ask you this question then to both of you what is the best meta for Paris to get that would give them the edge cuz to me I'm thinking ball comps Ball. I'm maybe thinking like uh, Arissa Diva comps as well. Uh, is that the same direction you're thinking? Like, if the meta goes in that direction, we're thinking Paris have got a good chance. I'm thinking Ball Arissa comps are like the two strong comps that Paris. I feel much more confident Paris than I do. Like Justice, if they could play Winston, if they could play maybe Ryan, um, but definitely Winston. I feel like any sort of dive centric compositions that's not Ball, they'd feel really good on. Any, also, anything that allows Decay to be on Tracer, uh, because like Decay's Tracer is fucking McNasty. Also, anything that is not having Assassin on Sombra. <laughs> it's like anything that's not Assassin on, on Sombra. I have given. I mean, I was, I was like, I mean, I was comp. I was, I was feeling good about Assassin coming into the league, right? But it's like, and it looked, he looked good on like when he played like Echo and Farah and shit. Yeah. All right, it's this at times. And yeah, actually, it, but what's so annoying to me is his Sombra did have a period of time where it looked really good. They, they had like that so like five map now. game against the Gladiators, and it looked really good. And then like a week later, yeah. it was just no, what has happened? Worst. Someone yeah, space jammed his talent out of his body. But, but but I feel like because of that reason, like because we've shown uh, seen so many great glimpses of the Washington Justice this year, like even early on when they were playing the Winston compositions in the main melee, and uh, you know playing the rush against Dallas View, like they've had those moments still. So I, I'd still predict the Washington Justice in this matchup because we've actually seen them perform at a very high level. Yes, Paris Eternal, they're probably more consistent, but... Oh, Paris I, Eternal I, not performed at a high level. They've beaten good teams, though. Yeah, but yeah, still, but like, Washington peak, Justice have on. beaten, like, Dallas yeah. Fuel. Take, taken take it both of their teams at their peak, Avast. You've got to predict the Justice, right? If they're at their peak. Yeah. The problem yeah. is just that you never know when Justice are going to be at their peak. They're wildly inconsistent. I feel, I feel like, like if you predict, if you predict the Paris Eternal, you're doing it because of your distaste for the Washington Justice and their no. season, which I don't blame you for. But <laughs> I, I feel like you're doing it not because you believe. I feel in like Paris. that's still unfair to Paris, though. I feel like that's unfair to Paris. But they got I half mean, their wins it's... this season from London and Vancouver. Of us, yeah, you're they so looked right. good yeah, at times, right. but they never looked great. I have, I have to let, I have to let them go. I have to let them go. <laughs> I have to. I, you, I think at you that have point, done a full character development like arc. You started facing forwards. You're now facing backwards. You used to be the EU hater. Now you're the EU simp. You've actually well, done I, a full one eighty turn. Th there was there was a period of time in stage three where Eternal legitimately looked really good, and it wasn't just. It was like I watched them play, and I felt like they looked really flexible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had like a lot of depth to their roster, and like they weren't the best team ever but they were looking like a top five six team in north america it looked like they were potentially be able to hold on to that and i loved how flexible the roster looked yeah. and now i uh, they've just and also it's done by a bunch of like rookies and so i'm cool. i i, I just credit. was really big on it but overall i think i have to 
cave to the knowledge now when I take Paris's previous performances and Justice's roster and that looking like they've sort of figured it out. And also with no hero pools, Justice can sort of play the way style they want to play too. I think it's, I'm leaning towards Justice, but I'm not ruling out a Justice collapse. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No one, no one should possibly be confident no. in a Justice pred in this game. No. Uh, what, what the also, heck is the other side? Oh, go on, go on. Sorry, point. I would just like to say, to, to wrap up the conversation, I, I feel like Paris Eternal, they probably have the mental edge in this game as well. Because, okay. you know, we don't know the state of the Washington Justice, you know, they may shaky recently, etc. Paris Eternal, I mean, because of this whole thing, that if they qualify, they have to send, like, an American emergency roster or whatever, you know, oh. for the main, we're talking about that. I, I feel like if I was a Paris Eternal player, I'd want to win so bad just to, like, just to no, fuck not up stick the league. It to the league necessarily, but just like for bands, like it be <laughs> unreal bands if you're a Paris Eternal player, and then it sucks that you can't go. But you know you have to sign an emergency roster. I I, I feel like the Paris Eternal players they're so motivated just to make that happen because yeah. it, it's 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 bands in their position. It's funny. That would them. be that would be outrageous banter if they just fuck the yeah. league up and have to <laughs> sign an emergency roster. It would be amazing roster. if Florida Mayhem got to play in their stead, but I don't think legally There's that no would. There's no way they can do play. that. Surely, I mean, I think that was a joke from Albert. It's gotta be sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, why would it? Why would that be? It depends. It really depends because they've done they've done weirder shit. Like they, I mean, the decay signing for Justice last year was technically outside yeah. the full scope yeah so true, true like because they had active players that could play and Dude, that would be so like, troll though if paris win the spot and then mayhem just get to play instead <laughs> play and they playoffs, have to play yeah. underneath the paris eternal banner i mean that is just ridiculous that's but so that funny. would be that, that would be very strange though because also the mayhem uh as someone that is technically an employee under Misfits now, they they have gone for their break since they were done. They've gone back to Korea, right? They've gone for back for a break because <laughs> season's over. So they're also now wow. back in Korea. So it wouldn't really matter, I guess, since we're going to, if it's playoffs, then yeah. they're going to be in Hawaii anyway. So it'd be fine, but it would just be very strange. Yeah. Uh, no travel I mean, advantage. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Let, let's talk about the other side of the bracket, huh? We've got, uh, who the hell have we got? I can't even remember. Who, who's on the other side of this thing? This doohickey. Ah, uh, yes. Defiant. Toronto oh, wow. Defiant playing against Boston. I feel like this is a recurring rivalry. I don't really want to call it a rivalry, though, because I don't know whether the teams give a shit. But these teams seem to clash often and regularly at about the same point in the standings. They, when I think about this, I feel like it's fairly even between the two franchises, between the teams even this season. I don't know. I'm just pulling bullshit off the top of my head. But They played once like this season. They've played once against each other? You yeah. just wear this whole tangent. Dude, I they swear. They play a single time the whole year. I swear, these two teams have been in the same position all year long, though. Whenever I think where Toronto has been, Boston is right there with them. Like, uh, yeah. they, they haven't been able to be separated particularly. I guess Toronto end 9-7 and seven with Boston at 7-9, and nine, so there is, there is a little bit of distance, but I, I don't know that I would hardcore favor the Defiant in this game. I feel like a slim advantage Ooh. to them. Yeah, I, I agree with that, especially with the rise of Hisu. I mean, not that he hasn't risen before, but he's risen once again. <laughs> ah, the old double-proof bread. <laughs> um, I mean, Hisu and Hansu was incredible. So I agree with you, probably favorite Toronto Defiant because they've been so good recently. But then it's like, I could totally see the Boston Uprising just bunker up and play like a Torb composition like they've done, you know, the the, the, yeah. the spawn composition <laughs> and just Toronto Defiant completely failing at breaking that down and being able to deal with Boston playing that, like maybe Punk pops off on the Diva, um, something like that. Backline is good for the Boston Uprising. 
But I feel like you have to favor the Toronto Defiant here because of their recent performances. Boston also were the team that pulled out the Genji Tracer comps and stuff when no one else was playing them with like Ana Lucio or something and just decided yeah, to send Yeah, and it looked really it. good. Yeah, it, it did. But it, I think it caught teams off guard and then teams were able to adjust. Uh, maybe yeah. that's one of the reasons why Washington didn't pick them is that they can be a bit of a creative upset team in the first round. I don't know how much more... I don't know what, what other tricks they have left in the hat at this point uh, because they... You know, they just don't, it seems like they just don't have any more, like, depth, essentially. Like, I felt like that was, like, kind of their last big thing. Who knows? They could be in the lab, like, workshopping something, and they pull out a composition they haven't been traditionally very good at. And they're, but it feels like they were, like, saving that one for, like, their one final trick. But then it oh. kind of just, like, disappeared at the end, and it honestly didn't leave them with, like, too much. I mean, were, did those wins they get, that's what allowed them to go to get into play-ins, right? So I guess it did kind of get them to this point. Um, cool. over teams like mayhem and such so yeah, yeah, i yeah. guess i guess it worked out uh for them in that respect but now i feel like they've they've shown their hand here but considering defiant looks so good right now this is the defiant i was looking for all year just about like they weren't they're still not quite as good as i was expecting them to be but this is the this is the defiant i expected the defiant to win to win and they had not been winning and now they're this is i think it's hard to predict against defiant when you have a hisu in form when you have now I will admit I I'm not huge on the the nice pick obviously but they've been playing Aspire a lot because I feel like nice is kind of just a Pharaoh specialist for them. So I, I feel like we did this last episode, but I I'll do it again. So this is Defiant. They're in form. These are their recent wins. Paris Eternal in a five mapper. Paris Eternal in a, a map fiver. They've beaten Washington Justice in, yeah. in bad form. London Spitfire, Vancouver Titans, Florida Mayhem with Checkmate. Paris Eternal, London once again. <laughs> I, it's not. No, okay, I mean, so but Justice, Justice was on there. Justice was on there. But that you was know? when they were playing tragically too. Yeah, um, yeah. I. That's why I'm not high on defiant like i i respect that they should be the team that has the advantage and the team that you should pred am i expecting defiant to pop the fuck off and look amazing in playoffs no i'm not no i'm not they've given me no reason this year for me to think that way they've been yeah. if anything kind of underperforming their roster quality if you look at the people that are kind on the of, roster i mean heinously it's a heinous <laughs> underperformance when you look at this roster when you look at fucking sato hisu uh, Lastro, and then like sure. some sure. some rookies that people were kind of hype about over the on stream. KDG on the coach as KDG well. KDG on the coach, like the yeah. one dude ever in the history of Overwatch to make a twelve man roster sort of work. Like it was like it it was. Maybe he I don't just know. needs six more players. Yeah, like he needs to have more people. Yeah. he needs to have like a bio battery. Like so, he has to have like twelve players to pull out the energy from. Sign sign the rest battery. of the mayhem. Sign the rest of the mayhem yeah. quickly. What Get if him we just like for the playoffs? Yeah, that's fair, though. That's fair. I don't think this is going to be a game that you're going to walk away. I mean, I feel like this could be a good game just because both these teams are relatively meh, you know? And so it could be a, a good game because it's two, like, not super strong teams fighting. Yeah. So you could see, like, a map five come of this. I think yeah, both of these I, games I mean, should I, be good to start with, or at least competitive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that you know, they're, they're, they're all very similarly matched. Um, I, I did meme on uh, Toronto Defiance record, but based on the eye test, I mean... 
they they look really good at times, like when Hisu pops off on the Hanzo here. And I don't want to discredit like some of the recent performances because according to the eye test, I do genuinely think that they have looked better that they've done throughout the season. So that's why I favored them yeah, in this matchup as well. How, how often can Hisu... This, this game that we were watching, by the way, was like one in the June joust or something. It was like yeah. from ages ago, the one time they played. The Hisu god performance with the Hanzo, who was that against again? Was that against Washington? No, it was against Atlanta, wasn't it? Yeah, it was when Atlanta. When Erster yeah. was like, oh, Edison, sorry, was was playing Tracer against him, and he was just shitting on them. I feel like you can't rely on that Hisu being ready for playoffs because he didn't show sure. that all year long. I feel like that was like a gargantuan effort to get his team through that game, and I don't. I mean, they didn't win. I guess closer. I've been. You don't yeah, want to I mean, rely on that in general to win games, right? You know, to have to have a player just hard pop off all the time. You want to have, like, other core pieces. And it feels like, comparatively, like Atlanta, where they have Pelican, where, like, yeah, Pelican just hard carries sometimes. But also the rest of Atlanta has very good moments. You know, they, they're they there to support him. While Defiant, there is not there. They have, they have a wet spaghetti noodle backbone. <laughs> okay, so if we're predicting the Washington Justice and the Toronto Defiant going through, we then have to talk about who the San Francisco Shock would pick, right? Because do they get the first pick here? I think yeah. they do, right? I think they do, yeah. Um, yeah they who's do. the other team that's in there? It's, Houston. Uh, what's right? Houston Outlaws. Houston, right. Yeah. So yes, Shock get the first pick there. If you're Shock, and let's assume in this world that the Justice looked... Pretty decent. It wasn't tragic justice, because otherwise they would have lost. So let's consider middling to slightly good justice has managed to win that game against Paris, and Toronto's got through as well. If you're the shock, who do you go for? What do you, where do you think the money is there? It's got to be Toronto, I, I, right? It's got to yeah, be. It has to yeah, be. it's got to be Toronto. Because yeah. it's just, you don't want to risk the, the craziness of maybe justice popping off. Yeah, you definitely pick Toronto. That's yeah. I feel like it's pretty straightforward, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'd love to argue for picking, like, Washington or, like, give, you know, why they would pick Washington. I don't see a reason, like, why you would pick Washington over Toronto or Boston. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that applies even if Washington look awful in their game but somehow scrape out, like, a map five win? Do you think in that universe, maybe they'd pick the Justice? Depends how bad Justice look, right? I mean, we've seen bad Justice performances. Now, yeah. we haven't really seen bad justice performances in a win, though. Normally, they're so bad, they just lose, and, and that's it. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a universe that could exist. A bad justice might be able to beat a bad Paris. Is there a world where Toronto looks really good and 3-0 supposed to an uprising? And you're like, oh, Toronto Defiant, they, like, they found it. And, like, we don't want to go up against them? There Possible. could be. Possible. It seems unlikely, though, right? It seems more yeah. likely that they go with Toronto. Who would you... Yeah. I mean, is there any chance that Shock does not qualify for playoffs? Sell me on a universe where Shock doesn't qualify for playoffs, considering they get to pick the, the worst of the two teams. Sell me on this universe. Um, maybe, like, if Washington Justice plays, like, Winston compositions, like they did early in the season, Mag pops off, Yuri, like, Final Four. Like, this is what... What, what am I saying? I feel like a moron. I'm just arguing about the peak potential of the Washington Justice. But why would they even pick them there? All I mean, season. That's, what I'm saying is, sell me, sell me the world in which it happens, right? Like, is this Toronto get a 3 0 and they're scared of Toronto, so they pick the Justice, but then Decay pops off? Is that how the shock failed to make playoffs? Is there any world that Doctor Strange it? Look into the fucking 14 million possible universes. Does shock ever not make playoffs? No. 
the only team that they could lose to here is like justice at peak justice performance but like i just don't see them ever being in a situation where they would pick justice if that was the case right like defiant defiant would essentially have to reach into my mind palace and steal what i believe the toronto defiant was going to be (laughs) preseason and become that team and then shock select that team unknowingly that that is a good toronto defiant and then play them and then lose because otherwise the only team in this bracket that could beat shock in their current performances have been justice and if that's the case shock won't even pick them yeah you know they're gonna pick like the other team Fair so enough. i just it requires it requires a marvel what if scenario of like just an uh, epic proportion I, okay. I mean i i i think maybe um it, it'd be like if with the return of lucio back into the mix if the san francisco shock like mess around with ft god on main support and his lucio has looked good mind you this season it's looked good but like if you are the shock and you're you're planning to play maybe some rush composition with ft god on the lucio um then one of these teams comes out playing like wrecking ball dive shock aren't able to deal with it playing rush so ft god has reflects over to the brigitte um throws off synergy with him and um violet maybe in the back line and that's something that you know you can capitalize on but that's like worst case and that's them still underperforming um on that composition but like that's the only way i can see it happen maybe listen that's a valid answer because that gives all the shock fans the copium they need houston outlaws on the other hand went i think they went like four and four in the final half of the season it wasn't great you know first half of the season seven and one they're absolutely dominant uh second half four and four Oh, is there upside potential here then? They don't have the choice of opponent. They're probably going to be facing the the harder one of a Justice, a Toronto, something like that. Maybe Boston with an upset. Who knows? They're going to be facing some level of decent opponent here. Do they have the quality to make it through to playoffs? Are Houston going to pull the old debate where they look great at the beginning and flop out and don't even make playoffs? Is that is that a reality perhaps for for Jake and crew? Yes. I think it is. Oh, do oh, I think it's no. do I think it's likely? I don't I don't find it because what was what is Houston's what were their past like couple let's think about their most recent form because I feel like this past stage is sort of like where we're using is the the yardstick cool. to kind of like where we're seeing them out because what were their past couple right. results? I can't bring it up or else yeah, here, break my PC. So. Okay, summer showdown, summer showdown and count on cup. Okay. Their wins are in Summer Showdown, first match, against the Shock. They won 3-1 against the Shock, remember? That's the yeah. C9 game from mm-hmm. Twilight, was it, Amora? Um, and then they beat Vancouver, Washington Justice, and Florida Mayhem. That's the teams they've beaten. And they've lost to Boston Uprising, Dallas Fuel, Atlanta Rain, Gladiator. So, understandable losses against Dallas, Atlanta, and Gladiators. You lost 3-0 to the Boston Uprising. But they Uprising. also didn't win a map. But they They got brutalized in all those, too, was yeah. the thing. Like, it wasn't even, like... That's, that's the one thing about Houston that's I'm willing to admit that they could lose here, simply because they're, as soon as they started playing very tough opponents, they started getting, like, rolled. Like, hard rolled, like, often in the latter half of the season. And it felt like they were banking on wins from weak opponents and they just could never even touch anyone that was on like the top five or six, essentially. Would you, uh, um, would you agree with me, though, that they benefit from having hero pulls being removed? Piggy can play Sigma again. Juby can play the Lucio and you don't have to mess around with your main support kind of stuff. They looked great at the beginning of the season on Rush if Rush comes back into meta. If Double Shield is meta, Django and Piggy are looking good. Like, in theory, to me, when I think about it, I mean, Dante gets his Echo back. In theory, I feel like this team should be a team that benefits from the loss of Hero Pools. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that they are a favorite as well to advance 
through the play-ins, um, and I don't want to sleep on the Houston Outlaws, but I feel like they have not gotten past uh, this playoff um, thingy that the LA Gladiators just managed to right. um, get past. They you know, being able games. to play well come elimination matches and actually take down some of these top teams when it really matters. Because so far, I mean, I you know, it's a different team back then, but last year when they were the first team to lose in the playoffs against the Boston Uprising, who were so bad last year, that was like, you know, their, their playoff uh, last year. Um, and it's a very different team now. But if you look at the knockout matches, I mean, they got absolutely stomped by the Dallas Fuel in the main melee. Okay, yeah. fair enough. It's Dallas Fuel. You know, they showed up with these very fast-paced yeah, uh, metro compositions. They dominated everyone. But then they got stomped once more by the Dallas Fuel in the June joust. Um, and, you know, that was pretty disappointing. And then, as you mentioned, like, they haven't taken maps against Dallas, Atlanta, and the Gladiators. So they're obviously struggling to beat some of these very good teams when it really matters and come in clutch uh, in these elimination matches. So, uh, yes, they are the favorites by far, and these are not, you know, Atlanta Reign. This is not the Gladiators. This is uh, Toronto Defiant, the Boston Uprising. You know, they, they should be able to beat some of these teams. But I'm not going to, you know, dismiss the fact that they haven't been able to overcome this um, playoff, or whatever you want to call it, like this uh, inability to perform in elimination matches. Who would you... Who would you predict in the Houston Justice match? If you don't, at this point, when you don't know what Justice is going to get there, but it's got to be an all right level Justice to even make it to this point for our bracket to be a reality. Uh, if we're assuming the Shock picked Toronto, then Houston are left playing Washington. That is sometimes a decent game. Like, sometimes that is going to be a really tough game for Houston to get through, depending on the quality and the form of the Justice at that point in time. Are you worried? Is that a coin flip? Should Houston be the easy favorite? What's your thoughts on that? Or do you have to see the actual level of Washington before you have any idea? I mean, there's a possibility. Here, you go first, Johnny, while I think. I'll let you... you Because, you know, Justice... Talking about Justice stocks is a, is a profession of yours, you know? So I'm going to let you go <laughs> sure. first. Yeah, I, I, sure. I mean, I, I, it depends on how the Washington Justice look, of course. But I think, you know, my, my default choice is predicting the Houston Outlaws because they right. have been good throughout the season. Um, again, I think they are one of the favorites to go through the play-ins. Um, Piggy, as you mentioned, he gets his Sigma back, which I think is a, a big boon for the Houston Outlaws. That's uh, one of his best heroes, um, of course. He's one of the best Sigmas in the league. Um, uh, Dante gets his Echo back, like you mentioned. Happy can play Ash if he wants to. Like some of these things. I think the Houston Outlaws. I think I really do think that they're a great team still. Um, so I'm going to predict them based on the fact that I think they are favorites and Washington Justice. I don't think they've proven this season that um, they're reliable at all. So I'm going cool. to pre predict Houston Outlaws there. And, you know, I, I don't really see myself changing that unless Washington Justice come out with like one of their best performances of the season. Yeah, I'm standing behind that one. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. I think I'm trying to return to rationality here. I'm yeah, asked. yeah, you are returning to rationality. That's fair. I because I also I think the the narrative of like Houston chokes in playoffs is not even like the right narrative here because I feel like the real narrative is just that Houston has never their core issues means they were never going to be able to beat top teams consistently, um, like specifically around like how their their pure rotation was and their backline rotation. Like I just felt like they just and like their tank, like everything, all the rotations aside from their DPS, I was just like this. It all just doesn't add up to me to like a very consistent winning, like top three finish type of things that you'd want to see out of a team that performs so well in the first half. 
So to me, it's not even about like a choke from the outlaws. It's just performing about where I expect them to be. Unless it's cool. like a perfect meta where like for them, where they can essentially keep Jake on the Brigida the whole time and never have to swap it off ever, which is doable. Brigida is a very, very meta hero and you can keep Jake on Brigida almost the entire time. So there's a very real chance that outlaws could go deeper if they like find just the perfect rotation for them um, right. and everything but works out for them. But I do think that outlaws are favored. I don't think justice should be favored in this match at all it's more so like i think this is like to me that we're dealing with like outlaws are probably going to beat justice and they won't go further yeah my view right okay i think yeah so we've got the favorites making it through our playing bracket we've got the shark and the houston outlaws the top seeds ended up making it through but a lot of the conversation there was about the justice potentially being an upset candidate but they have to prove it that's it's all on them I think, you know, we might end up predicting the justice at various parts through the bracket if you get us on the day, but that's based on whether they prove to us that they have what it takes in these playing games. And that's what it's about, peaking at the right time, right? That's, that's, what, they've, that's what they've got to do. That's what the season rests on right now. Another big thing that was happening recently within the Overwatch League is the oh, MVP you voting. Do to discuss the uh, playing break? Oh, sorry. I completely... Uh, I completely forgot. Honestly, I just completely forgot. This Reddit is why we don't talk about APEC more. Sideshow just ignores it. Just ignore it. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I, I was only looking at that bracket. I didn't even look at the East thing. Uh, all right. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Of course. Fusion against Spark. What's the world? I mean, is there any world where Spark wins this? Because I feel like the Fusion are massively favored here. I love that it has grand finals above Soul Dynasty. Like that's that's the grand finals of the year. <laughs> um. No, I mean, Fusion should be favored here. I mean, I, I, I think both of you are perpetually disappointed with the Spark. Yeah, well, They've especially been with their recent... Uh, They've been worse recently. Their walls and the recent change of, like, their, with MCD gone, obviously, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, yeah. But, like, Coldest, I think, is a really good player, but hasn't had a lot of play time. Um, and there's a lot to work through for a player to get them up to snuff in Overwatch League, and it's literally, like, the play-ins. <laughs> so you can't just throw someone in with, like, zero, almost zero play times throughout the whole season and, like, expect them to perform up to par against a fusion that's got all its pieces back together and has been working on that, right? And when you're already thrown into it at a very tragic environment that the spark is. So fusion should definitely be favored in that. What's really interesting to me, genuinely a great match over in the East, is Philly against Seoul. This has been a recurring rivalry between the two teams they've battled against each other recently a number of times i think uh, they it went to like map five twice no it, might, it went to map five and then the actual qualification game ended up being a very underwhelming 3-1 win in soul's favor did it not where it felt like both teams were kind of struggling to live up to their to their form um i'm i'm to, i would rather both of these teams made it to the playoffs i think both of these teams have potential to go on some bonkers run, but they're going to clash into each other. And it's unlikely that they're both going to be on form. But when you, I don't know, man, when you look at what Philly have been doing and the progression of them throughout the season, I really felt like this was their time in the, in the Countdown Cup to prove something about how good they would have been had they had this roster together from the very beginning. Maybe that's plans. Maybe they'll never be able to show that because of all the issues they've had all season. But we all know what Prophet and Gesture are capable of when it gets to the playoffs too. This should be a nasty good match. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the uh, rivalries, you know, I've also enjoyed 
um, in the season. You know, we saw their last knockout game uh, uh, in the uh, Countdown Cup. Wow, I just completely zoned out. Uh, two very great teams. I, 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 I actually have this problem when I was doing my votes uh, that we'll get to later as well about like role stars and stuff like that. Because it's as you said with this Philadelphia Fusion roster, like Alarm, when he is playing at his best and, you know, when he's playing with a team that's actually structured well and all the you know, members are at the same spot, like Alarm is genuinely a role star in, in the league oh, yeah. because he's so fantastic as a flex support player. Funny Astro, one of the best main supports um, in the league, Carpe, when he's uh, able to, you know, when he's enabled and can pop off on his hitscan heroes, like this is genuinely like an extremely good roster uh, for the Philadelphia Fusion. So they all should be a playoff team um, um, if they just get to practice together and, and play some uh, some of their best Overwatch. That that hasn't been the case this season, unfortunately, even though they've sh uh, shown us some moments of brilliance. Uh, you know, uh, May Melee, when they brought in some of these um, new signings like Toby, like Hotka. Yeah, yeah. um, Soul Dynasty, though, like they've consistently been a great team in APAC. Um, so even though I think we're all disappointed, especially with the recent uh, Countdown Cup playoffs performance, when they just like completely fell flat against some of the other teams um, from the North American region, I still think that Soul Dynasty, though, they've been consistently great throughout. Um, I don't know how they're going to adapt. I, I mean, I guess they'll play some more Rush now with Lucio back in the mix. Uh, we've seen them do that at times. They can slow things down, play double shield with maybe... Some ash uh, as well. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great matchup. Is this the situation where Profit and Gesture make some crazy run to the finals again? Or is this the Philadelphia Fusion finally looking good towards the end of the season? I've asked. Tell me. Who, whose narrative are you buying into? Whose I mean, copium are you purchasing? I mean, there's no, there's no like, part of that, that run that happened for the previous year, right, was that the meta shifted pretty yeah. heavily and they were able to take advantage of that to their advantage. But I don't feel Both like years. Dynasty's current. Yeah, that's true. But but especially, I, I just don't feel like there's any meta shift that's going to occur here in the finals where like they're going to outperform any of the other teams that have been beating them. You know, uh, like in, especially in terms of the NA region, right? Like they can beat Fusion still. I think them beating Fusion actually, I would still favor them to potentially beat Fusion. Um, in my personal opinion, right now, because I don't think the Fusion DPS line has been up to snuff. I think their their tanks. I think their supports been fine been like been improving steadily um i don't think carpe's had a great year for a car for what we expect of carpe i think eqo is still like figuring out uh you know their role in the team a bit and it just hasn't seemed like amazing either especially when you compare it to like the fitz profit dps line which has been one of the best dps lines in the whole league uh it's just been a tough fight for them do i can i see still losing this yes but i'm 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 feeling confident about dynasty to win this match but i don't think there's going to be a run for them um, right, the grand right. finals because they just, I just don't, I, you know, right now it's like when I watch them play, especially when you watch Countdown Cup, it just feels like they're able to get by on a lot of comfort stuff and then they can like kind of brute force their way with like bits and profit popping off a lot of the times. But unless they come together and have just like a crazy magical run again where everything clicks, there's just no data to say that like they should beat any of the top North American teams currently or any or like dragons, you know, sure. it just it, it shouldn't happen. Jonathan, who's your prediction for this game? So, I mean, I probably will end up predicting the Soul Dynasty because of their consistency. But I actually do think that uh, some of these uh, heroes being returning from hero bands is actually really going to help the fusion. This is a team that likes playing aggressive, 
Um, they have some great Echo players. Echo is going to come back. Um, you know, it's, can, can they put Shockwave, maybe play some Ash? That could potentially be really good for this team. Uh, Lucio coming back into the mix enables them to play um, a bit faster and play a bit, a bit more aggressive. I feel like what was the Fusion's issue against Soul Dynasty here in this knockout match, just very recently in the Countdown Cup, was that because you lack some of these heroes, like Echo, um, like Lucio, it really favored Soul Dynasty's uh, slow style, um, where they essentially let Fitz and Profit do all the legwork, while uh, Anima and Creative just focus on staying alive. Um, so I think that some of these heroes returning actually benefit the Fusion, and I could very much see them winning this matchup, being able to play um, some more Echo, or, and, and maybe you know even play Lucio Dive, if that... Favors do we think Lucio is going to come back? I could see Echo definitely making a return, but do we think Lucio is going to return here for playoffs? I yeah, don't see Lucio. Yeah, I don't know. That. I don't know if I think Lucio is coming back. I, I feel like could... teams have committed pretty heavily into this this double flex support, like especially for a lot of teams that have benched their main support. Um, I feel like they've committed pretty heavily to this Brigida Zen or Brigida Honor like style, and or even like a Mercy for like an Echo. I I feel like this is teams have started to feel like that's a, a little bit more flexible of a setup than Lucio. Yeah, I'm interested to see whether Rush comes back in any capacity on any maps. I feel like it's going to be a uh, a niche pick that only gets pulled out in a couple of scenarios. But I could see Lucio making a return to facilitate the uh, the Rush occasionally. Now, that isn't even necessary, though. I mean, sometimes they might end up just running like a, a like Bat Brig setup with a Sim or something for some of those areas, wherever they want to run the Rhine. I don't think Lucio is kind of required now that teams have figured out how to get great value out of the sim, but I do uh, I do think we'll see a smattering of it, but I don't think we'll see a ton. Yeah, I, I'm going with the fusion. I think. Okay, I, 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 I was going to say I yeah. I really think the the narrative arc <laughs> is there for the fusion in terms of like their development over the course of the latter half of the season. I feel like the, they're going to improve at a faster rate, and it feels like Soul are kind of capped out. Uh, my, my, from watching the Soul, this, uh, Soul Dynasty this year, it doesn't feel like they have the same flair as they previously have or the same crazy peaks when they hit the right metas. They have solved a consistency issue, which is the hardest issue for any team to solve, but it seems to have come at the cost of some of their peak potential. And for a game like this where it, Fusion lost the last time and... It's a really close rivalry between the two. I think the Fusion might have done enough legwork at this point, both in terms of understanding the old comps they ran in the main melee and the most recent, like, Ball's End comps. I'm, I'm giving it to them. I've got to believe in the funny Astro Alarm backline. I've got to. I have to. I will say, someone is going to mold because Seoul is on a three-match win streak against the Fusion. Oh, yeah. They, they've so. done better than them recently. There's no argument against that. The safe money is on Seoul. No, but never mind. Sorry, I I, I completely. It's at least up. two, though, is it not? They won the uh, qualifier game, and then they won the game like map five just before that, where they reverse sweep swept them. So they've they've won at least two in a row. Two. Okay. Yeah. They. Yeah. Seoul won in the game of the qualifiers. Yeah. Right. I was looking so, at funny Astros match history, and he wasn't playing that one. Right. Course, right. Right. Sure. Yeah, but my bad. The the Seoul Dynasty have been the better team over the course of the season. The safe yeah. money will be on them. But I I I think of all of the play-in games this is the one where i'm going for the upset this is the one where it happens although yeah, i suppose well, like the okay. paris justice and the other shit is like who, who the fuck knows who, oh who's winning that 
All right, let's let's take a look at our votes though. I was going to segue from this previously before we uh, got backtracked by the uh, by the APAC games, but it is it is good that we cover APAC occasionally, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> backtracked by APAC games. Oh, I can't APAC. believe APAC viewers are molding. APAC viewers just in shambles right now. Um, votes. We have voted MVP. Everyone has had to lock them in at this point. We have also, myself and Jonathan, although I don't think Avastas had the opportunity to, have voted for Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year, and uh, Roll Stars as well. So we wanted to unveil our picks, discuss them, debate them a little bit, and then move on to the next one as well. I think we've all publicly talked about our MVP, though, apart from Jonathan. I picked yeah. Lip. I've already gone through my explanation from that on the previous show. Avast, who did you end up going with here? I picked uh, Pelican. For MVP? Oh, not for MVP. Oh, my bad. I thought you said rookie of the year. <laughs> uh, I picked, I picked uh, Fearless. I picked Fearless. Yeah, I thought this was a really interesting one as well because uh, to me, Fearless was easily leading at the beginning half of the year, but then him getting outpaced on the ball and not really being able to adjust for the, the wins in like the, uh, the June joust and the summer showdown knocked him out of the running for me in terms of, you know, the team wasn't really generating their success through him, it felt, anymore. What was, what was your combat argument for that kind of perspective my argument for that is that i feel like so much of their success early on hinged upon him anyways that they wouldn't be in a contention to even be talked about for like like if you remove fearless from fuel and you would replace it with like a lot of other with a bunch of other different main tanks i don't think any of them could have brought fuel to the point where we were like gonna sit there and what the hell we're gonna (laughs) sit there and talk about Fuel as like a team that's like the number one, right? right? Without Fearless. In addition, has Fearless been outpaced a bit on the ball? Yes, but I still feel like Fearless has a lot of room to still like get better with Rush as his coach and with like the the support system of the current Fuel. And also now that Hero Pools are being removed, I feel like it's per- it's prime time again for Fearless to come back into playoffs and just fucking pound booty. So like I think there's like a real chance where like Fearless could also have like a really really good postseason um okay. on top of like his early season so to me it's like and you could sort of the problem with fuels you can make that argument with a lot of different players you could have made that with sparkle like learning tracer right you could have made that with hanbin um yeah i don't but, get the argument with either of those though because if they had replaced sparkle with somebody else i could still see them being in the same yeah position. they still could have they could have still or won hanbin games. too exactly. if, if exactly. void would had replaced hanbin they could still be in the same position so i agree that fearless is the mvp candidate from the fuel i don't think hanbin and sparkle are in the running particularly but i'm interested to to hear that from you as well because to me to me, he's been outpaced fairly significantly. And I, think- I feel like he's been outpaced, but not, but only in the latter half of the season. And also, there's still lots of room for him to come back. And like at the end of the day, the team is not going to be in their position without him. Okay. You're not going to be in a position without him. It's not possible for them to be in such a strong position this late in the season without him. And he still, did he perform at like a top three level on main tank on like ball and like, and like Arissa comparatively? No. Did he perform at like a top five level still? I think so. I still think he performed at like a top five level in an A on those heroes. Uh, he just didn't perform at like the absolute peak best, but he was the undisputed like best like Winston player. Like, yeah. his Ryan was incredibly good, and his well. Ryan was also really really good. Like, and now we're in a postseason where once the hero bands are gone, his there's a there's now fuel can just go back to playing his comfort picks around like Winston and Ryan no, again. No, no, and he could postseason just Percy, aren't you? This is a regular season MVP. I know it's a regular season MVP. I know it is, but like my regular season was still influenced by the first half and for okay. I felt like he still performed a top five performance on his other heroes while being the undisputed best 
aside from like Ryan, he wasn't the undisputed best on Ryan, but still being like one of the best on Ryan while the undisputed was Winston. Like, I think I would have said he was the best, but I suppose it's not. I mean, I, I would say I would say that like you know theoretically, if we were in a Ryan meta like the whole time and we've been playing Ryan, like Super probably would have outperformed him. Sure, but, sure. But like you know that's that wasn't exactly how it worked out, right? So it's like, but either the way, I still think Fearless pushed Fuel to be in the position they're in at the end of the regular season. He performed like an amazing level in the first half and like performed still fine, like a very str- solid, strong level in the yeah. second half. And I just don't see how the team had made it this far, especially when the deficits in the other parts of the roster, when they had like sparkle learning to play tracer, even though his tracer ended up being pretty really good, but still not like striker level or aspire level or something like that. Right. I think aspire, the, you know, aspire proved that his, he had a nutty yeah, fucking tracer, tracer right? Good. Uh, or, or like a profit oh, level, sorry. you know, Lots of stuff yeah. like that. So. Jonathan, who the hell did you end up voting for? Uh, I mean, it was a bit of a 50-50. I ended up voting for Lip, actually. Um, oh, I, I, Lip I, boys! I yeah, I, I had to go with Lip. Um, I think that he's just been, like, a consistent monster throughout the season. Um, and he really just, like, set the pace early on in the season. Um, you know, I can't talk much. Uh, I, 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 I always refer back to his tracer performance in the main melee and how he brought it against the Dallas Fuel and I thought that was such an not to like dismiss the rest of the Shanghai Dragons but part of the reason why they played Dallas Fuel so close was just because like Lip was an absolute freak on that tracer um and and I think he was despite the fact that Shanghai are a stack team I think that he just were what was the best player on that team um and just like showed up in a way that I don't think a lot of players um, around the league could have. Um, Shanghai Dragons obviously been the best team in the regular season. They won two stage titles. Um, they got second in the main melee. Slowed down, of course, now in the Countdown Cup, like the Dallas Fuel. But I think that um, Lip has just consistently been like an absolute freak throughout the regular season. I think he's been the best player in the league. Um, and I also think um, that I understand why people voted for leave. As I said, it was like a 50-50 for me almost. Like I, I, I was really thinking about voting for leave as well. Um, if that's your definition of um, MVP, that he was the most valuable to the change your franchise, help them reach so much success. Um, you know, leave was by far the best player on the change you hunters. Um, but I also feel like Lip was the best player on the Shanghai Dragons. But because that team is so stacked, you're always almost sometimes like, take his performances for granted because everyone else on the team is playing so well. But I, I don't think, honestly, a lot of people could have stepped in and do what Lip, Lip did for the Shanghai Dragons. I feel like that discredits some of his gameplay throughout sure, the season, sure. some of the peaks, some of the um, carry performances he's had. Um, and I think Lip has, in turn, enabled the rest of the Shanghai Dragons to sometimes look as good as they've been throughout the season. Like, I think... You know, Isayaki probably looks a little bit worse in the Summer Showdown if he doesn't have Lip playing um, as good. You know, it goes for Flat as well, being able to play the Farah, um, the Faith on the Wrecking Ball. Like, if Lip doesn't do a great job in Sombra matchups and Tracer matchups, like, that makes Faith's hard, uh, job a lot harder um, on the Shanghai Dragons. So, I think everyone else is, of course, really good on the Shanghai Dragons, but I think Lip enables his teammates through his monster performances. Um, and that sometimes makes us. Like dismiss some of his performances while leave on the Chengdu Hunters. Like he's just like head and shoulders above Good. everyone else, um, and everyone can see it. And that's why he leaves such an impression because leave has these uh, carry performances. But I ended up going with Lip. I thought to myself, like in two three years, when I look back on this season, 
I feel like I'm probably gonna think uh, like back to Lip's performances the most and be like, yo, this was the year when Lip was an absolute beast. Shanghai were so good in the regular season, more so than Leave. Um, you know, if I have to pick between the two, I, I ended up going with Lip. All right. Well, we'll see who ends up winning the overall vote. Uh, let's move on to who we went for for Rookie of the Year as well. Um, there were some, there were some kind of breakaway candidates towards the end, like people throwing out different names into it. When I felt like it was pretty closed, I felt like for the last month it's essentially been a done deal for Pelican. And, you know, towards the end, people started tossing in other names that they were voting for, too. Were any of you persuaded, or was this a Pelican open and shut case? No no persuasion here. Zero persuasion. Absolute zero on the fucking persuasion skill tree from that one. Like, it failed monstrously. I I don't, I I simply, I could understand, because also, let's... Who were some of the other names that people were out? Like there was Khan, I know people had Khan yeah. in there. People like but Khan Gaga. had been there for a, he had had he'd been in there for a little bit too. I mean like, Gaga, Monk, Nisha, Shy. Yeah, people uh, were just Piggy, throwing in a lot of Muse. yeah. They were just throwing. Muse. I mean, uh, not Muse. Uh, Skewed. Skewed is like, yeah, like was, a pretty interesting Skewed. choice. Skewed, Skewed's actually a choice that I think has the most weight to go alongside like. Billy Pelican, honestly, at this point, like I would say, Skewed's overtaken Khan in a lot of ways. I well, think I, yeah, I, I, I don't yeah. buy the. I'm sorry. I know we talked a lot about Khan early on in the season. I, I, I don't see how you can vote Khan for Rookie of the Year. I'm no, sorry. No, he's not. He's not well rounded enough. He's not well rounded enough. I agree. He's not Pelican level or Skewed level. I, I think yeah. it's pretty obvious. Yeah, but I, I would not be mad if people had voted. If we had done the vote now and people had voted Skewed, I would not be mad. Honestly, I think Skewed is like an incredible pick. But it's hard to deny just how crazy good Pelican is. Like, yeah. it's just, that's it's just that's where I came to. It was just yeah. like, okay, well, I'm instantly clicking the Pelican button. Yeah. I'm not even really thinking about it too much because even like second candidate skewed, he doesn't play the same. He, he is incredibly important in his role for the Gladiators and he's the best brig that we have in the league right now, I would say. But yeah. Pelican's the, like top three at so many different things. And the, the impact he has for the Atlanta Reign has been gargantuan so far this season. So, yeah, I, I feel like that is really open and shut. All voted for Pelican, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on then. Coach of the Year. This one was a tough one. And I will say some of the candidates that I think are reasonable suggestions weren't even on the ballot. And this isn't private information. Some journalists that got asked about this as well reported, or not reported, I guess, but like tweeted it out. Um, like Get Amazed, for example, is, I think, a reasonable candidate this year because he yeah. took a team that no one thought would do anything, took the p- bits and pieces from European contenders and Scouted the team, crafted them into a team, went eight and eight on the season. Way better than anyone was expecting. And yeah, they had an easy strength of schedule, but that's still an ex- astoundingly good accomplishment. So he wasn't on the ballot, and I can understand if people wanted to vote for him because he has a great argument behind him. But who who were some other people that you were thinking of, Jonathan? I want to start with you because you actually voted on this, and then I'll give some time for Vas to think it over who he would have voted for. My non-voting rights over here. <laughs> I know it's so brutal. I'm like an Overwatch felon. <laughs> um, what were some of the other teams that didn't make the... Well, uh, obviously Paris Eternal. I mean, I agree with you on, on, on Get Amazed. I mean, I think he's like a top three candidate for me. 
I, I'd right. probably say. Right. I mean, I haven't I haven't thought it through beforehand, but I I think. Well, pretty... some other let, let me just run through some other candidates off the top of my head. So Moon, obviously, for his accomplishments on the Shanghai Dragons, and then there's Rush, who a lot of people were voting for because he created the Dallas team and also helped forge different strategies so that they mitigated their weaknesses in terms of not having Exe there, right? That's a very clear yeah. narrative reason why you might want to go for that pick as the coach. The other one that I thought was very interesting, though, was Junkbuck, um, or Junkbuck Harsher as, like, the co-award, I guess, as the head coaches for the Houston Outlaws because they overperformed everybody's expectations. Uh, plus, he also has a history of being able to do this really well on shock, so you know that it kind of was him and wasn't just, you know, some player-run kind of stuff. Like, we know Junkbuck has quality before. So th those were the primary candidates, along with Getamaze, that I saw people talking about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, th th there's a lot of um, different coaches as well that weren't on the final uh, nominations list. Um, I think, for example, you could even put, um, you know, Atlanta Reigns coaching staff there. But then the question is, like, how much was that Brad and how much was that Hunter? Like, how does that work? Cool. Um, but I, I, I think the Atlanta Reign have done a fantastic job, especially the coaching staff this year, in enabling their roster in a way that they haven't been able to do the past couple of seasons. So yeah. I had respect for Atlanta Reign. I think that you deserve to give a shout out to uh, Roy for the Chengdu Hunters and how they've enabled their roster this year. Um, I think a lot of people would agree that the roster is obviously upgraded from last year, you know, bringing in the likes of Gaga, Nisha, uh, Monk, um, etc. But still, I think they've done a great job at, you know, being so successful. Um, so there's definitely a few different coach candidates out there. I ended up voting for Rush. Um, out of the ones provided to me. I, d I just think it's like such an incredible achievement what Dallas Fuel were able to uh, accomplish with, uh, without Exe being able to play for this team. And some of the yeah. um, struggles they had early on where, where they didn't even struggle. Like we, we, we thought that they'd have an the issue. Theoretical you know, having struggles. A, not having a, yeah, theoretical struggles of not having a hit scan player on this roster and how was that going to affect this team? And they just like completely... Uh, you know, push that aside and just were dominant, being able to play these very aggressive, fast uh, dive compositions. And uh, I do give a lot of credit to Rush for that because I think that as a player, it, it's pretty easy to fall into like the the pit of just being like, oh, you know, we're not a hit scan player. Like, how are we going to get through this? Um, obviously, credit to the players as well for staying motivated, staying hungry, um, recognizing that. Uh, you know, they, they don't have the fortune of having a hitscan player and still finding a way to enable their play style. But I, I think you have to give a lot of credit to Rush for, um, like, helping the players stay on track. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. And finding their play style. Um, because he said early on, it's like, we don't really need a hitscan player, right? Yes. That was the interview we referenced yeah. a lot. He said, uh, we like, don't that's... need a tracer player or something like that. Oh, that's a tracer player. Yeah, that was, and we were like, that, that's, that, that guy's a lunatic. But like, they made it work. And it threw out, like publicly, he was confident about it. They, they'd find a way. Um, you know, I think someone like Sparkle on the team probably helps because he's such a like joyful character, positive optimism all the time. And that probably helps as well. But I think Rush has did an, did an incredible job enabling this roster when we uh, thought it wouldn't work at the start. Yeah. One of the other things that I really want to give Rush credit for, too, is the Dallas Fuel were leading the meta. It wasn't just that they were doing some weird shit 
uh, while other people were doing other stuff. They were defining how the sim comps were being played, for example, at the end of the May Melee. No one else was doing that. Suddenly, everyone's doing it because they realize how valuable it is. Like the, um, the kind of Moira Lucio dive kind of stuff. They were at the front of that. And eventually, okay, Shanghai caught on and beat them towards the end of the June Joust. But that was only at the very end. Up until that point, Dallas were the best team throughout the whole of that stage too. So it's they've definitely not just been finding their own way around the meta. They've been so good at it that they've dictated the meta down to other people as well. Like Rush's fucking Moses on the, the Sermon on the Mount, just passing down different stone tablets, telling the people what to play. That has been very impressive. Before Avast gets a chance, though, I'm going to tell you who I voted for because it wasn't Rush. I was intended to vote for Rush, and then when I looked at the list of candidates, I thought, but wait a second. I thought this Houston team had so many problems. I thought they had issues to integrate Juby. He was a Lucio one-trick. Rookie tank line to be able to work around. Finding Jake's role properly. And when I sat there and thought about it, I was like... Fuck me, Junkbuck is good. How did I ever vote against... How did I ever take a bet against Junkbuck? So I voted for Junkbuck. Not just because it was like a reactive thing, but when I sat down and thought about the challenges he had to overcome this year and still the incredible season, the regular season at least, that the Houston Outlaws have had, compared to the quality of their roster and the predictions that people had, and this wasn't just us on Platchat that were underrating them, the community at large didn't have the highest hopes for Houston. They're one of the most underrated teams if you look at preseason compared to postseason. People for Dallas were super high on Dallas. And then preseason scrim results and XE leaving, people dropped them down a few rankings. So yeah, they were also a little underrated too. But Houston, mad underrated, especially first half of their season. So that's who I voted for. I went for Junkbug because I feel like that is they couldn't have done it without him. I really believe that they couldn't have done it without him. All right. It's fair. I mean, honestly, you were forgetting the most important coach. Then, honestly, there's another person that was left off the list. Jake. Sure. Jake played on, played for the Houston Outlaws. What other coaches have been playing for their team, huh? That's true. Could, no other coach could get there and be like, you know what? I got to go talk to the player and then turn and talk to himself. And talk, you know, <laughs> no, very few coaches can do that. So you're forgetting that very important aspect. But yeah, did, would think- you have voted for Jake then? No. Uh, okay. But I do, think, okay. I do think Junk Buck is a fair, it's a fair pick. Not my pick, but it's a fair pick. I can Who's see the pick? logic behind. I mean, it's Rush. It's it's definitely okay. Rush. Also, I want to hint on the thing. I also want to hint on the thing that like we talked about because it's not even like we, the tracer thing where fuel was like we don't need tracer. And we're like, ooh, that's not good because we've heard that before. You know, everyone remember D, everyone remember D-Mecking divas with the clockwork tracer. Anyone remember yeah. this? Like, but the yeah. but the thing is, it's different because generally when that statement is made, it's like we don't need a tracer because this guy's gonna do it fine, and they don't do it fine. The difference is this isn't like a straight up coaching diff either. This is like Sparkle just learned how to play fucking Tracer and he learned how to play it really well. Like he had the mechanics to play Tracer too. Like it's le- it's different than just learning how to play Tracer. It's also having the mechanics on Tracer cool. and like competing at the top level. And that's what we didn't expect was Sparkle's Tracer to actually not just understand the basics of Tracer, but to be able to play it mechanically at a very high level. And that's the difference there. When And it's, I don't think it's very often you can look at a player and be like, that's never played this role before, especially a super mechanically intensive role that's like very set, di- diverged from their usual heroes and then play it. So like, I don't necessarily give Rush full credit for Sparkle learning how to play Tracer 
because like it's i feel like sparkles mechanic himself played a large part portion of that success but overall yeah. rush to me is like the clear candidate just because like there's very like the only other person that's had as much limitations as rush in terms of like the roster level build is junk bug right um that's the only other roster because even though eternal worked with less with get amazed they still had a complete roster in terms of like all their players could play the heroes and were flexible so they didn't have nearly the amount of like roster limitations that houston or fuel had yeah so, i mean i can totally see people as well from the outside just saying that like hey uh actually this was kind of expected from the players on Dallas fuel i mean if you just look at their individual names like fearless obviously was amazing last year um Fielder was great for the Paris Eternal, Hanbin, uh, you know, Doe and Sparkle, like these are fantastic players. And maybe, you know, it was expected that they should be competing for stage titles and they should be this dominant in the regular season. I feel like that, if people make that argument, I feel like they um, dismiss how hard it actually is to be uh, a championship team and how hard it actually is to reach that level um, to where you are dominant in the regular season and you are winning. Like it's, we look at the team like Washington Justice and just like how, like, well, they should totally, you know, be competing for championships. And they just completely fell, failed. They fell apart. Um, and just mentally, uh, sometimes in the season, they mentally, Washington Justice, they were just like so down on themselves and lacked confidence in game. Dallas Fuel, they were like the complete opposite of that. Like they were just like utter confidence, belief in their own play style, aggression, um, never hesitating. Um, and I, I, I think that's you, you have to credit that mentality and play style to someone like Rush. And that's sure. also why I voted for him because I, I don't want to dismiss how hard it is to get to that mental place and attitude, how hard it is to get to that attitude as a team um, when you're competing at the yeah. very top of yeah. your sport. And they're just so innovative, just yeah. so ridiculously yeah. innovative, pulling, pulling out things like that you wouldn't like. I mean, they were a team that pulled out that Doomfist a lot. Obviously, it's Sparkle, yeah, but they, they used it to, but they used it to counter comp, to counter a lot of those like more bunkery compositions to like excellent effect. Um, yeah. And like they just they just played they made their swaps were always amazing, and that's kind of where I kind of lost points for Junk Bunk because I feel like their swaps at times were sure not yeah no I can absolutely <laughs> but also the understand coach, that the coach isn't always in charge directly of every swap ever, but I feel like Fuel had a very practice like yes. low chart. No, absolutely did. Matches. Absolutely did. Um, I, I want to move on here to talk about the Roll Stars. Now, Roll Stars is always much more complex because you're trying to pick five players for each role, and there's so many people that could be in these slots that the conversation is going to get just crazy if we try and everyone picks their five, et cetera, et cetera. But since yeah. me and Jonathan actually did pick this as part of our voting, what I'd what I want to do is me and Jonathan both reveal who we picked, and then a vast comments on that and maybe yeah, say fine. say who you might have picked differently. But we'll try and keep this a little more streamlined because otherwise it's going to be wild. Because seriously, I was not confident in these picks because there are so many people that are valid picks this year. You're trying to yeah. tell me what there are like easily five obvious choices for DPS picks? Are there shite? There's like 15. How the yeah. hell do you will that down? So it's really up to interpretation here. Jonathan, do you want to kick us off? Give me. Uh, can you yeah, work sure. down the list? Into have you got the document in front of you? I, I do actually. Okay, yeah. can you work down it from the top so that way I know that if you know if you missed someone that I selected, it's not alphabetical. It's just listed 
that out by team. So you want me to run through all the candidates? No, no, no. I want you to run me through oh. from top to bottom the people you picked. Okay. All right, fair enough. Let me, let me say that my criteria for all star is um, have to uh, a, a requirement to perform at their top level this season. Um, okay, so there are some uh, players that I didn't select this year that hypothetically, if they had a better team situation, um, you know, when they play at their peak, they're absolutely worthy of being a role star. Um, in, in this case, I didn't select the K, for example. But we all know that the K, like when he plays at his best and when he has a team that, you know, plays with confidence and he's enabled, the K is absolutely a role star. But that's an example of someone who I didn't select because of his circumstances. Um, and also for reasons like, you know, Decay, um, when he said that he didn't want to play uh, long-range hitscan heroes because he didn't, was, he didn't think he was good enough, for example, that, that's an example of me of a player who, like, um, isn't versatile enough and, you know, excelling at all these... He needs to crush heroes. his so, fears. Yeah, crush his fears. Crush his fears. Crush fears. So, starting from the top, um, for damage, of course, this is damage roll stars. Yep. Um, I got Sparkle at the top. Okay. Uh, someone who's incredibly versatile can play so many heroes at an absolute top level. Um, and for me, when I consider role stars, that is it. I don't really consider peak performance on one or two heroes too much. I consider like a role star means like you're you are a star player at the role. So that encompasses so many different heroes. Um, so Sparkle, I think he fits, fits that criteria perfectly. Um, I got Lip. Okay. Um, so yeah, I can tell you, that's... I didn't vote for Sparkle. I was so close to voting for Sparkle. But I didn't quite do it because I felt like a lot of the season Sparkle was doing a great job at filling um, filling on heroes that he was like trying to, he was playing catch up to other people in the league that were elite and he was like learning how to become elite to challenge them or to like get to that level. I feel like in a different, you know, in a different universe where he was allowed to play all the heroes he's best at, yeah, slam dunk, he's in there. But for me... On the balance of, like, everyone in the league, I ended up leaving him out. But there's a great argument for it. But Lip, I'm right there with you. Yeah. It just inspires confidence for me, really. Like, whatever heroes he's on, like, if he swaps to some random hero on Dallas Fuel, I'm just like, okay, Sparkle's on it. I'm, okay. You know, I have utter confidence in him. Uh, I did skip Fleta, which hurt me so bad. Like, he okay. was probably, like, my fifth, um, you know, and didn't end up making the, I skipped the, the four as well. picks there. Uh, what? I skipped Fletter as well. Yeah. Um, Which, again, is it really is painful. But there's so many good damage players in the league. Yeah. So, I, I, as I mentioned, I, I got Lip as a role star. I mean, he's my MVP, of course. Like, his Tracer, Sombra, uh, other hitscan heroes. Like, I just love Lip. Like, he's, uh, his peak level at those heroes is so high that it sometimes triumphs my fear of him not being able to play certain heroes. So, you know, I mentioned my criteria was you should be able to play all different heroes. Lip, I could see him maybe not being as good on some of these damage heroes, but still his peak level on some heroes, I, I think makes him deserve, uh, deserving of being uh, a role star. After yeah. Lip, I got Leave, of course. Yeah. I think that's a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think in some cases, Leave is even more of a role star than Lip is because he is so good at all kinds of heroes. Um, and then my final pick, Right, there was only four. I misspoke earlier. I said there was five picks. There's only four, which is, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. so oh, fucking difficult. Oh, that's way difficult. harder. Yeah, that's yeah. so fucking hard. So, uh, my fourth uh, pick, you know, I said I skipped out on Fleta. He was actually not my fifth. He was my sixth, probably. Uh, the final forward spot, I was either giving 
to Kevster or Pelican. That's I think... so funny you say that because I gave I I missed Sparkle and I gave it to both Pelican and Kevster. So yeah. <laughs> so I gave it to both of them plus Lip and Leave, and you had to choose yeah. between them because you'd selected Sparkle. It's bloody difficult. Who did you end up going with? Uh, I ended up going with Kevster instead of Pelican. I think Pelican uh, is an incredible candidate for All Star because he's shown us that he's so good at all kinds of different heroes. Like you, you mentioned. Uh, uh, in a previous episode, like his May, like he just came out and was oh, yeah. amazing at May. Uh, then he can play Farah, he can play Tracer and take on the likes of Dante. Um, so obviously that makes Pelican Echo. a fantastic <laughs> Echo. Yeah, he I didn't can even play, Echo. He can play, he play everything. everything. Yeah. Um, but I ended up going with Kevster because I think I compared a lot of different stats here. Like I spent like an hour on the Overwatch League website just comparing these two individuals. I think that Kevster's peak performance is probably higher than most of Pelican's heroes. But we haven't seen um, the same level of versatility as Pelican. But I think that also is because of the different situations within the teams. So like Atlanta Rain, well, they have someone like Kai, who's a specialist on hitscan. Um, and they have Edison, who usually specializes on hitscan or tracer. Um, and that means that Pelican's role in the team is very much to play all kinds of different heroes um, for his team. While Kevster, like, he's shown us great performances on May himself. His peak potential on, like, heroes like Farah, I, I, I think he'd beat out Pelican. Uh, Tracer as well. I think Kevster would beat out Pelican. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll take there. Um, and I think that if Kevster had to fill some of these heroes that Birdring plays for the team, I genuinely feel like Kevster would be able to fill those heroes uh, based on what we've seen from him. Um, so I, I think Kevster with like 51 versus 49% okay. beats out Pelican in my mind there. Yeah. At the end of the day, I, I had Sparkle like ticked. The way that I do it is I tick like 10 people or something, and then I try and remove them one at a time. Oh, it's, so it's excruciating. Hard. And I ended up removing Sparkle because I just couldn't, I mean, I just literally couldn't pick between Pelican and Kevster. They're, they're, they're so even, and the the stuff they bring to their team is incredible amounts of value uh, and you know there's a ton of other people that you could go for i've asked what do you yeah. think what do you think are there other people perhaps that we didn't even pretty good mention? i mean i haven't heard yours yet but i i guess you pretty much said yours so yeah, like it doesn't said matter that. yeah you pretty it much said yours so, lip leave pelican kevster were the four that i went for. i think <laughs> so i think overall it's really good like the sparkle debate is interesting though because of the fact that like there's not very many heroes who would argue that Sparkle was necessarily like aside from like Doom and like the Genji when he played it a couple times. And and it's fair I think his Pharaoh was really good this year too. I mean yeah, he had three good. heroes that he pulled out yeah. that were he's pretty top tier. That he would say he was like top three in his role, if not like top one or two. Um when he played them. But like his tracer, which he played a lot of the year, was obviously not like that incredibly high level. He just played it such a such a he just played it such a well rounded manner and had was so good at sticking pulses in particular that he was able to make sure that his performance was keeping up with all the top tracers, even though you wouldn't necessarily classify him as like a Kevster or a Pelican level tracer or a lead level tracer or even a lip. So like, it's hard to think to not nominate him because of how flexible he's been and his impact on certain roles. And also the one thing that Sparkle on top of that too, his swaps were always great comparatively. So many DPS players, I feel like they were like, they came out into like, they were playing this hero in this composition, but I feel like Sparkle allowed Dallas to make incredible swaps like, all the time, and, like, make a swap that really, like, countered the meta they were playing against the, the other team's comp. Um, yeah, I mean, to, to that point as well. And that's kind of invaluable. 
why I love Sparkle is exactly why that point as well, is that if I played with Sparkle, I don't think he'd hesitate to swap to a hero he thought was like a counter or was needed. Like he could just randomly swap to Symmetra in a game and I just like full faith, like belief in him um, in that regard. Well, I don't think, like you said, a lot of players, I don't know if they'd in the spur of the moment make that crucial hero swap like he can. Yeah, so I think it's hard, but it is really hard because there are so many great DPS players. I'm going to put three out here, though, that could have made the list. Okay, go. That could have made my list. Number one. Uh, number one, I would put, I would say Profit. Yeah. I think Profit, the consistency, the, the consistency of Soul Dynasty's DPS line has been fucking incredible this year. It's like the one thing you never expect from Soul consistency, and it's happened with a player that has won the Overwatch League, and it's with Profit. He's proven why he's still like one of the top tier players after all this time. He's just so fucking good. Like, disgusting how good Profit is. Uh, number two, from a team that does not perform well, though, Yaki. I still would have put yeah. Yaki in a role. Star. I really, I put, yeah. I really I wanted to nominate star. Yaki, but all of my memories of Yaki being incredible come from the May melee. And, and, like a, I think a tiny smattering. He still had of a the, great. He had a great countdown cup too. Oh like yeah, when the they countdown played. cup was good, and like there was he, smatterings. He but but what I mean there is that it wasn't that he fell off. It was that his ceiling is like capped by how shit his team was. You know, yeah. there's only so much you can show if your team is bad because you're not even getting into the opportunities. You're not. You're not. You're not getting a chance to demonstrate your ability, and so I feel like the same thing that could be said with with uh, when Jonathan was bringing up his other candidates that he was saying like decay for example you know that decay could be great yeah. but the justice has not allowed decay to be the best he could be and i feel like the same could be said there too um with yaki especially the middle portion of the season like but yaki he is so fucking good so good like he's just yeah. like every time i think about him, like god damn this guy pounds like literally yeah. every time that he plays and it's just disgusting with how bad his team is like you just you see it so seldomly so like yep. Yaki had to be on there, like or it had to be like in that honorable mentions, like. But I but overall, I think your list was uh like I think really good list, you know. Nothing let's, to let's hate talk, on too much. Let's talk tanks for a moment though, because tanks I feel are much more weighted towards the teams that did well. It is very yeah. very difficult to have a player like Yaki where you're on a bad team but you still look great on tank. That is almost impossible. And so the tank roll stars are almost always going to come from your top teams. I went with one pick that's very out there. The way that I split it was you get four votes and it just says tank. So I picked two main tanks, two off tanks. Even though in theory, if you really wanted to pick like the people that had the most impact for their team, maybe you'd pick more main tanks, maybe you'd pick more off tanks, right? But I specifically chose to give myself the extra rule that I had to split it two and two just to make it simpler for myself. So... I'm going to read my list, and Jonathan, you can tell me if you aligned with anything. Starting from the top, Fearless. I mean, Fearless was a roll star this year. He's just a fucking freak. He was so good. Yep. Anbin as well, I had as a roll star because I feel like he was the best off tank that we had this year. Was he, even though he's statistically head and shoulders above everyone else, do I feel like the eye test said he was head and shoulders above? No, I feel like he was a little bit above, but I still feel like there were excellent candidates elsewhere when it came to the off tank role. Um, I went for Fate as my other main tank pick because I think what he was able to do on the Wrecking Ball specifically was so important to the way that Shanghai Dragons were able to gain certain titles this year. And then my fourth pick was fucking out there because I was gonna just go with Void and then I was like, actually, the player that impressed me the most 
which is a little bit of like the sparkle pick where he overperformed expectations for me. You've got to be kidding me. I genuinely didn't pick Void this year, even though I think he could have been a fucking like crazy candidate. I went with Hawk. I went with Hawk as my roll star off tank because I and I accept you think that this Hawk is not is more of a roll star than Void. This season, I feel like <laughs> Hawk was more crucial to Atlanta's success than Void was to Shanghai's. Yeah, and uh, okay, I can buy that. And I, I think. I accept that it's a very out there pick because really if you sat me down and you asked me to list out the best off tanks of the year I don't know that I would, I don't know that I could justify having Hawk in second I think it'd probably go something like Hanbin Void Hawk Space something like that off the top of my head maybe I'd make some adjustments to it but it's the same kind of argument to me with with uh with Sparkle where my expectations for him were he's going to struggle to fill this gap and actually he fucking pounded with Hawk, every time I watched him, I was impressed that this player had flourished and had this like breakout year. So I wanted to reward that in a sense with my vote for Rollstar that he did so, so well this year compared to what we'd seen from him. But I understand that that's a bit of a dodgy pick. Who did you yeah, have? I mean, who did you have, Jonathan? I, I, I think, I, I think in, in that term, you know, I, I was considering Hawk as well. Um, and another tank I was considering uh if you consider how valuable the were to the team was piggy like i think that he was incredibly right. crucial to houston outlaw success um yeah. and he's he you know arguably the best sigma in the league so uh, i i think i spent some time thinking about piggy um roll stars though i think it's different that I, I don't really consider value to the team when i consider roll star in that regard uh for mvp that's obviously the name of the award most valuable player roll star for me is sheer individual skill like who is, are the best candidates on their roles um in an all-encompassing all matter like like i i in 2018 i i, I would not have probably voted for pine for rollstar because at his peak he was an absolute monster one of the best widowmakers and you know mccrees we've ever seen but he wasn't like all-encompassing like if you saw pine on tracer you'd be like sure. <laughs> uh, or may like you'd be like okay come on dude um so uh when it comes to roll stars i mean i just voted fearless hanbin fate and void because i think those are the four tanks best tanks in the league and if you want to argue that well they look the best because they're the most winning teams i'm like okay i sure they're, but they're i mean the, the argument can be flipped right reason. they're literally the most winning teams because they're the best tanks normally yeah. quality of tanks is going to define how far you can get to some degree so yeah what do you and think i think Oh, my, on, what, my weakest candidate was probably Fate in that regard. Like, if, if you told me that, like, Fate is a top two main tank in the league, I'd be like, eh, you know, I, I, I feel like that's, you know, a pretty close call. But I, I, I do think that he had um, an incredible impact um, on the Shanghai Dragons. And I think he proved in many ways that, you know, he stuck it up with the Wrecking Ball in the June Joust and that helped Shanghai Dragons uh, win that title, being able to play that Wrecking Ball. Um, I still think his Reinhardt is really good. His Winston is really good. Um, he can play all of these different tank heroes at a very high level. Um, he's a bit of a leader, like we saw in Florida Mayhem last year. Like, he's just a main tank that I'd want on my team. But if you voted Gaga, I'm like, okay, kind of, but he was a bit of a feeder in the Countdown Cup, you know, Wrecking Ball uh, at some point. Yeah. Didn't really contribute to winning. Uh, as much I don't as really buy the did, so. Gaga. I don't think. Lies yeah, well. so... 
I think those those were just like the four best tanks in my opinion. Oh my <laughs> Matt, god! Matt, get the hell out of here! What? Now he's here. Get the, you've ruined our overlay. Ruined get our out of here! Oh my god! No, he's in here. You did. You butchered our overlay, you, Matthew. You, the overlay is dead. You oh, killed no. the overlay. Well, Kurt told me to do it. You've you 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 ugh, bloody hell! Have you voted for your awards? We should, we should pay Kurt. I did. I did. You want to know my awards? Okay. Well, let's hear it. let's hear Matt's awards then. Okay, hold on. Let me find that them. Fucking bar wait, wait there. Down the door. I'm gonna go through it. Wait, wait there one moment. In. We're gonna pause and fix this. Yeah, one second. All right, we fixed it. Matt's I'm back sorry I ruined the show. I'm sorry yeah. I ruined the show. You barged uh, in. <laughs> a vast looks like, uh, like where he's looking. There's just a glass panel with like a police officer on the other side. He looks like he's <laughs> just in like a. He's in questioning right now. All they've given him is salt to crackers. He's got this mic that they turn on every once in a while. They're the little gooseneck thing. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm just eating some crackers. I mean, you kind of interrupted the whole flow of the episode over here. So I'm, yeah. a break. Like you, I'm just taking a break, you know. You're in Florida now. There's no COVID in Florida. You can go do whatever you want. That's what I saw online, yeah. Well, that's not quite true. No, that's, that's not, not true. true. That is not true. It's terrible. Some, there. Would, some would say that'd be disinformation, even. Okay, so, yeah. okay, Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. You should stay inside. You've interrupted our show, but yeah. you've got your votes, right? That you did for, for everything. So we're up to Roll Stars on support. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask who you picked on Roll Star support, and we're going to, yeah. if you just from the top so it's in the same order so that way if you yeah, yeah. if you miss a name we know you you didn't vote for them you know right so you read them out one at a time we'll we'll tell you if we voted similarly and then we'll get your votes from the previous ones as well later on all right who did you go for for supports roll star supports for 2021 fielder okay Izayaki. So, okay, all right, interesting, actually. Go on, go on, carry, carry on. Iris. Iris? And okay. shoe. I feel so like he was, they're all I flex like Iris is underrated, yeah. You picked Talk four flex support players. Yeah. I'm tired of, I'm tired of having That's to fair. conform to have to pick main supports just because they're main supports. Become flex supports, get better, do more stuff. I don't know. Yeah. No, no, that's actually fair for Matt because I feel like this is the year that main supports have had some of the least impact in the league. Right. What if they played the whole year, right? Like, uh, I mean, whoa, 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 had, whoa, uh... whoa, whoa, whoa. You feel like this is the year they've had the least impact? That's that's including yeah. all Brig players that have had crazy impact at various times. I mean, I think there's been a lot of main support players that have had a pretty rough year because of it, and like, there's a lot of teams that have focused pretty that have tried to just play double flex support. So, I mean, I do agree. Main support players have still an impact, I should say. But, like, when you look at the, the length of Overwatch League as a whole, this is a year where, like, I feel like main support players have struggled kind of heavily, comparatively. I did not vote for Fielder. And I... Okay. I listen. I was very close not to either. I don't know whether I can justify my picks for these supports, honestly, because when I'm reading them through myself, I don't agree with myself. So, I, I'm not sure I can... Well, but I don't know. I don't know. Did you, pick two main, did you pick two main supports and two flex supports? Yes, I tried to divide okay. it up the same way I did with my tanks. And, I, you know, I, I get if you want to put four flex supports or whatever. I, this is just a self-imposed rule for me. But I went with you for Izayaki. But I also, okay. I picked Shu as well yeah. as the two flex supports this season. I felt like towards the end of the season, particularly, Shu had outpaced Fielder to me. And I know that the first half of the season... 
Builder was crazy on Anna and Moira. And so I feel sad that I couldn't include all three of them because of my own fucking dumb self-imposed rule that yeah. I was only going to play two flex supports. But I, I ended up going with Shu instead of Fielder, and that may have been some recency bias now that I think about it more. But Fielder was no, sick I, year. So here's the thing. With, uh, sorry, what you done? Yeah, go. If you actually look at Fielder and his 2021 season... I think people are overrating him a little bit. He has predominantly played Ana and Moira, and that's how Dallas yeah. succeeded. Just that, being able to play basically. those two heroes. Yeah. And we even were like multiple points in the season where we said like uh, they should probably play Rappel on Senyara instead of Fielder, right? But Fielder's Zin was great though. His Zin was amazing. It, it, was, it yeah. was great, but it wasn't. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't elite amazing. Here, it was. Oh, it, I don't know it, how you're so down on it though. It was really good. Compared to some of the Senyaras in the league, I mean, if you're on. talking about if you're talking about best players in the Overwatch League, and you're talking about a role style, so you're comparing him to Izaki, Shu, Violet, Alarm, these kind of quality players, his Zen wasn't at the same level as those four. I would say his I would say his Zen was relatively comparable to Alarm's. I I feel like. When you, when, uh, yeah. uh, I, 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 I personally didn't think his Zen was that. I don't know if people thought his Zen was that bad. I'm not gonna lie. It wasn't bad. It you wasn't you bad. Work. It just you wasn't don't work for them anymore. You, you say what you can say how you feel. You don't I mean, I, I personally think that the. I feel like this Fielder Zen narrative is weird. I thought it was. I thought it was uh, definitely comparable to Alarms this season. I don't know. I, I oh hate the idea God. of just voting for voting for players because they have like because you're trying to split the positions like and and maybe i would look back on this and be like well what like i guess i left off lee jay gone right i mean that's like the one player who else could you made the case well, for main okay support? so like, i actually had a lot of candidates i thought it was was very hard so my votes yeah, were same. fielder i ended up going with fielder here and i did it because dallas fuel were so winning and i felt like you know part of it was just like dallas fuel um him, him being forced to play Moira and Ana, that's not necessarily Fielder's fault. You know, <laughs> like that's just kind of how Dallas Fuel found the recipe for success. Um, and th those were the heroes that he was forced to play. I did vote for Lee Jigon. I think he's the best main support in the league. I think that he has tons of impact on those heroes. I didn't vote 2-2 like Sideshow did, but I felt compelled to put one main support in there. Okay. And if I had yeah. to pick one, I think Lee Jigon is just like yeah. the best main support. Uh, so I put Lee Jigon uh, in there for mine as well. But it's yeah. the second pick that's killing me here. Because I was so torn. If you're trying to pick a second main support, normally if you'd pick in, you know, like historically or whatever, you're looking at Funny Astro, you're looking at Moth, those kind of players. I don't feel like they were really Funny Astro because partly because of his team and also because he didn't get as much playtime because his visa wasn't sorted. And then Moth ended up being bench a lot. And I feel like the main support that had the most impact on the Gladiators was skewed. So to me, I was torn for my fourth pick. Has to be a main support between Massa and Skewed. And I did not know who to pick for, and I ended up going for Massa because he ended up playing a large amount of the season, played more Lucio, for example, and had, like, big impact there as well, whereas Skewed had more of a limited role, I guess. At least Skewed so, was, like, one of the best on that role, though, right? Exactly. That Skewed played the Senyata. Skewed played the Senyata in the Countdown Cup, which was instrumental in beating the Atlanta Reign in the Shield yeah. compositions and instrumental in beating the Shock and qualifying for Hawaii in the first place. So I think Skewed, if you want to define by, like, Rollstar... 
I think that someone like Alarm is probably the one who's been robbed the most in this category because we know that he's an amazing Ana, amazing yeah. Senyara, and we saw last year how good he can be when playing Brigitte. Uh, when Fusion were so oh, successful, yeah. was, he it, was, uh, nuts. was it Summer yeah. Showdown last year when he played Brig yes, for Philadelphia Fusion? He's like a top two Brigitte in the league, and he's a yeah. flex support player. That's the definition of a role star. But because of Fusion's limited success this year, he wasn't as enabled, you know, being able to play with Toby. and. I mean, okay. every, every time the Fusion were good, Alarm was unreal as yes. well. Yeah. Yes. It's just... But it's he's part of this, like, decay problem, where it's like, you can't vote decay for Rollstar because Washington Justice were so <laughs> shit and yeah. he wasn't enabled, you know? But we know that Alarm, he should be a Rollstar. And I do think he should be one, but... It's yeah. so hard. These words are so hard. I went with Fielder, Lee Jagon, Isayaki, and I went with Shu, actually. So I only got one main support. Right, right, right. We, we have very similar. Avast, what do you think of this? Put some respect on my boy Iris's name. No, okay. Wait the fuck there as well. Iris, is a, Iris it had a good year, honestly, but would you put him as like one of the best flex supports in the league currently? He basically like, only know. played back. In NA. In NA, I thought he was good. He basically only played back. I would not have put... Iris in that in the role star category. Looking back on this it, I probably could have made so a different. Chaotic with I probably could have made just arrived and we're just shouting at the top of our lungs. I could have made a different decision there, but you know what? I felt like my boy Iris. He deserves some love. No, I I understand that. I understand. Um, Avast, I want to give you a, a chance for on the podium here because you didn't get a chance to vote on the picks as well for role star. Who would you have gone for? Are you in the camp of it should be split two flex, two main? Or would you have just gone for who you think has the most impact overall? What's, I'm, what's I'm your just criteria? going for impact for this, for, for that. I think this is the year, this is the one where, year where you can justify putting less main supports. Because like, yeah, you definitely had main supports that had impact in the league. But we also had a year where Moth and FD God were permabenched. Sure. And you know, yeah. and like the overall like main support role took a very big hit in terms of like, do you want to, I mean, do you even want to be playing main support? I like, I think there's a lot of reasons for why main support, uh, you could argue to not have them on this list currently, even though a lot of main supports also stepped up. Like, Lee Jagon had a great Brigida. I think, I mean, Funny Astro still has a solid Brigida, even though Fusion's had oh, up and down. Yeah, but, he's improved his a lot as well. Yeah, I mean, his if, Brigida's if improved Astro a lot. It's a, I mean, Funny Astro and Alarm would both be roll stars if Fusion had... Ma, Ma, I'm, I'm glad you included Masa, because I think Masa's actually had a very overlooked year. Uh, it's yeah. tough for me to put him as a role star, honestly, but he's so he's so close to the contention because he's actually had such a good year. So my picks would have been Fielder, Izayaki. Though Fielder, theoretically, you know, like if, if you take recency bias into account, you maybe could have thrown Shu in there, but I feel like Shu, like, yeah, he's been nuts, but I just don't feel like he's been as on average consistent. Though, obviously, sometimes it's hard to tell because of team differentials, right? Sure. Uh, but when Fielder, Izayaki skewed, I put skewed in there. All right. I also have something that no one else has. I don't think. Um, but I think I think it's one that it's kind of like you got to have him in there because I just think he's fucking crazy. I think Twilight. Oh, why? I think Twilight is fucking insane. I think they're shock. Shocks. Obviously, this is a regular season still, but I think shocks. Pretty much, they started looking so much better as soon as they just started playing Twilight full time. I think Twilight. He can play Brigida amazingly. As well, he can play Ana at top level. Like, his biggest weakness by far is, like, you know, comparatively is a Zen. But he can still play Zen. It's just you have Violet on your team, you know? Yeah. And he can play BAP. Like, Twilight is insanely flexible, and he has an incredible Brigida on Ana. Like, top, extremely top player on both of those. Like, you could argue he's a top three on both. Yeah. 
The the supports are outrageously talented. So I think so. That's mine. Is skewed Twilight Fielder Iziaki. Okay, can't be mad at that. Honestly, Um, Matt, quick, do a sprint run through of your other ones, starting with MVP. I voted for Leave for MVP. Okay, Uh, the only Leave simp on the show, but a very understandable pick. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Who do you guys vote for? I'm actually lip, lip, and yeah. I mean, who the hell did Fearless was a bad pick? I voted uh, Pelican for Rookie of the Year. Yeah. 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 Uh, I voted Supreme for the Coach of the Year. No, I'm fucking with you. I voted for, uh, <laughs> I voted for Rush. Uh, I was about to fucking explode. <laughs> no, no. I was fucking with you. Imagine that one. Imagine the fucking nerve of me. It uh, is crazy that Supreme was on the ballot, honestly. It really is. Because yeah. that sure. team is like hard underperformed. If I, did. I mean, anyway, uh, I voted for uh, Sparkle, Lip, Leave, and Pelican. Okay, uh, isn't that exactly what Jonathan voted for? Sparkle, Lip, Leave, and Pelican. No, you went Kevster no, instead of Pelican. Kevster. No, yeah, Kevster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are going to be people, uh, let me just say this now, vote Pelican for Rookie of the Year, but then don't make him a role star, which I don't know how that's... Which is mind-blowing. That's like Yeah, mind-blowing. I don't know how that's possible, but okay. But yeah. Uh, and then uh, my role stars on tanks, I went uh, Fearless, Fate, Void, and Space. Ooh, space. I thought space had a really over good Hanbin? comeback year. That's actually that's actually at, super fair. Yeah. No at, Hanbin uh, though. You went for no. Void over Hanbin. Yeah, I, I well, I feel like I mean, I, I think Void, Void's probably the best off tank in the league. I would say. Uh, Boy, uh, and then, Josh didn't have him. Really? No, I went against all of my instincts, loving Void for like three seasons. I Bianca? went for Hanbin and Hawk. Oh, okay. Yeah, Hawk. I mean. Uh, Hawk and yeah, I think uh, I I thought space for the gladiators really this year. Like space and shoe both had like really strong years. Like space yeah. on the whether it be the diva, like the sigma. Uh, once they stop fucking around and putting mirror into play Zarya, I mean he's been he's been fantastic. So yeah, uh, that that was my team. Also, yeah. people pretty, I get these ballots and they just mark down for roll stars everybody on Dallas and everybody on Shanghai. Like, come on, there's other players in the league. Like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, really. Um, Real NA off tank redemption year with Hawk in space. Yeah, it so, is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Hawk was fucking sick this year. All right. That does it for our awards. Uh, we'll have some special awards at the end of the season, though, I'm sure. Of like, you know, wild shit, like comeback player, whatever. I don't know. We'll, we'll come up with something. We did, we did it last year as well. Moving on to some of our news discussion, though. Hot topics. Overwatch announced McCree is going to be renamed. They announced that that is something that the team is going to be working on. And it, it, it boils my brain, just before we get on to hearing your thoughts about this, it boils my brain how people can be um, so mad at, like, uh, at Activision Blizzard and they don't understand anything about how companies work. They just... They just feel like, oh, this is this is just a pointless change. You've got better things to focus on. It's like, motherfucker, there are hundreds of people working at this company. There are, there are people, go? there are workers who are pushing for very real, very meaningful change. And then there are also other people who are like, well, this is what we can do right now to actually help. And not just help in terms of like help the people who are being affected, but help remove glorification of those who were involved in the incident as well or at least were very prominently involved in many of the incidents so i think this was a good move man i i am fully in support of this i don't think 
games in general should be naming shit after real and therefore fundamentally flawed human beings. I mean, don't name shit after me. Don't name shit after Matt Mercer. Don't name shit after fucking anybody because you are putting a permanent thing in your game that is built around a person that is way more flawed than you are writing the character to be. Like The person could do anything. You never, you never really know people. It's not a good idea, man. It's not a good idea. Yeah, and I believe they're changing a bunch of stuff in World of Warcraft as well, like NPCs yeah, and stuff that uh, have names and uh, whatnot. Yeah, uh, where yeah, yeah I mean, this is a good decision. Like yeah. items and stuff like that. They even have like uh, ice cream named after Tigola, which is Jeff Kaplan. So like, there's tons of stuff like that in World of Warcraft. I think you got to change a lot of that. Tigola. Which is good. Tigola I mean, ice cream. Tigola. So what? I was like, I want to, I want to, know it's Tigola. No, it's not Tigola. It's Tigola. Because his name was Tigola. This guy's over here. He's got a Ferrari brand. He's just like, I can't with the newest 2021 Tigola. You're going to take this on the road. You're about to be fucking driving the Tigola. Oh, God. It sounds like an Italian sports car. The Tigola. Uh, that's fucking funny. Yeah, I like a, or some kind of thing. like a, uh, it's some kind of secondary cannoli version. Yeah. Tigoli. Yeah. Tigoli. <laughs> Would you like cannoli or tigoli? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tigoli sounds like a yeah. really cheap Americanized Italian place. Like say that's like I want to get it tigoli. Oh my god. <laughs> I want to get it tigoli. Oh my god. But there's also the other point that I want to make as well is you can be happy about the Overwatch team making a small change in their game whilst also still being angry about the overall problems and pushing for other change elsewhere. You can be both, you can experience multiple emotions at the same time. I'm not sure whether the internet knows this, but you can be happy about some small change while still being angry about other bigger change not doing, not working. And Matt's headset well, is still broken. I don't, no, that's not me. <laughs> that's like hilarious. for instance, I like this change, I'm fucking angry that the California government just said that Activision Blizzard has been shredding documents that are related to the investigation. Like that is on uh, that is absolutely unacceptable in any possible way. But that doesn't make the McCree change not a good idea. That's still a good idea. There are just other good ideas that you should also implement. I, I don't know. People people are very myopic with their view on this kind of stuff. I feel they they only see what's right in front of them and react to it. Yeah, I think also people just aren't empathetic enough to understand like exactly what it is. It's like, it's like it's like if you're if you were obviously the glorification aspect of what's the real central component of it here is is you want to change that you don't want to be able to glorify someone that has done something bad personally to people that have yeah. worked on your game, and so people just don't have. I feel like a lot of people lack the empathy to understand truly what that means because it's like if I. If I was your high school bully and I just went and beat the shit out of you every single day and then they named the library after me that you go to study <laughs> and they're like, this is the Avast yeah. library, the Avast children's section. And then it just has a picture of me just fucking swirling kids, just fucking like, just absolutely swirling kids. Like that's sort of what the, what you would experience is that obviously that's like more of a jokey manner. But when you see the name of someone that personally harassed you or did terrible acts to you and they're glorified in the game that you work on or even is just publicly play, linked. Or just publicly linked, you know, it's as someone that experienced like trauma under that person, you wouldn't want that. You wouldn't want to see that, you know, on a personal level. And then on a public level as a company, when you allow that to exist, you're saying that you're okay with your characters being associated with people that have done terrible things that have worked at your company, you know. 
And I, and people just aren't understanding the empathetic portions of that where, you know, and and also like, sure, were the majority of people not know that McCree was linked to the person McCree? Yes, that's true. But there's a lot of people that do. Also, so I feel like that's it. that is a good thing. Like, it's a good thing if you know what the association was and they are now moving away from it. What you would expect from a big company is they just try and brush it under the rug. They're just like, oh, yeah. people don't know about this anyway, so just leave it. You know, leave it. It's perfectly fine. Like, it's good yeah. that they're making change, even if people don't know about it. Like, it's good that people will come to know about it. Like, that's that is a good thing. The whole point is that you want people to know about these issues that are occurring, so that the change occurs. Yeah, and you don't want to glorify people that have done bad stuff, and that that's really all there is to it. You don't want to have to have something glorifying someone that's done something bad. What? No the heck are they going to name him, though? Because the character is very heavily associated at this point with the name McCree. I mean, it is... The, the two are, in people's heads, almost inextricably linked. And so, coming over to Overwatch 2, it would be a nice time to, you know, break it, separate it, fill it with some backstory. But it looks like it's going to be a little more, like, rushed than that. So what, what, what do you think they go for? What if he didn't have a name? Kind of like the guy from Westworld. Wasn't the guy in Westworld didn't even no name and he was a cowboy guy? Yeah, but the problem Wait, is that doesn't who? really that doesn't really work. I know what you're talking about, Matt, but that doesn't work as on a character level that you have to cut you like imagine imagine I'm in Overwatch League and I'm like a guy with no name is is one HP. <laughs> you know, like you know, it doesn't really work True. like a competitive video game level to like not. You have to. Yeah, have you want to call him like name. the narrator yeah. from uh, from Fight Club, the guy that has no name <laughs> that does that. Who yeah. the heck is the character in Westworld that has no name? You mean Wasn't the main like cowboy? Because he definitely has a name, doesn't he? The one that's with uh, Dolores all the time. I swear he has a name. Old Bill. The Wild man in Bill? black. But the man the man in black does have a name. It's just did, it's only yeah, revealed to be name. William it's later on because they're doing right. diff, they're doing uh timelines that are separate from each other, but you don't realize So that what they if are. I mean just spoilers by the way. Just rampant yeah, I mean, spoilers. Yeah, out if you there. want to watch but, Westworld, I mean, I mean been out for how long now though? Yeah, I mean you're kinda of fucked if you started to watch that, but uh I think it's called Bill. Yeah, why don't they name McCree like Billy? Just name him Billy. Billy <laughs> Billy McCree <laughs> name. No, that's they should just, they should they should pick a, a cooler cowboy name than Billy. It should be like Colt. Okay, I'm googling right now cow cowboy names. Okay, top cowboy names. I mean Buffalo Bill is a pretty well known. Shooty McShoot Shoot. Shooty McShoot. Yeah, but also like yeah, aren't yeah. some cowboys like really evil? So like if you name it after actual cowboys. Oh yeah, exactly. Bad? I mean they shouldn't name it after a real person. I mean most of the people that were involved Flynn. in the expansion of the West. Here we go. Cool cowboy good. baby names. Let's see. I, like, I also oh, like. Yeah. I, I also like Maverick. <laughs> Yo, I like Sawyer. So wait, that's my brother's name. You might as well oh, name Iceman at this point. Okay, no, Silas. That Silas is, is a pretty a cool one. name. Silas. Silas. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. Okay. August. Oh, no. Yes. No. No. Uh, River. 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 Levi, maybe. Levi, I can see. I can see Levi work. Yeah. I always think of the jeans whenever there's Remy from Ratatouille. Remy. Sawyer, Sawyer. yeah, that's badass. Uh, Sawyer's kind of badass, but I, uh, the problem with me is I've been ingrained in internet culture too long, and I just think of the soy memes as just a little like soy? soy cowboy, <laughs> the soy, yeah, the soy, soy sure. boy. Okay, interesting. Uh, Otis, it sounds like a dog. Dude, I don't want to do Otis. I could see them calling the uh, the character Wyatt. Wyatt, Wyatt. is an extreme yeah. cowboy name. 
Wait, Wyatt is means brave in war? We need to tell we need to tell Wyatt that. That yeah. his name means brave in war. I mean, Bo is definitely not a cowboy name, surely. Uh, no, Bo I is. No, no, no. Wait, Bo is. No, that's Bo? there's there's yeah, if you've ever watched have you you've ever watched like Western shows, have you? No, so I many Western know. shows there are characters named Bo. Yeah, there's a ton of Bo. Okay. Yeah. What about Dakota? Dakota, Dakota is one. <laughs> yeah, Dakota after one. A play. Yeah. Maverick. Maverick. Oh, Maverick is a cool name. Ridiculous name for him. Okay. Dylan. I, I would hate it to be Dylan. <laughs> Imagine if it was just named Dylan. Dylan, Dylan the cowboy. <laughs> Dallas. God. What about Dallas? You name in Dallas? Yeah, Dallas could work too. Dallas is good. There's also Austin. I think Nash is a pretty good name, actually. What about Chuck? What yeah, about not, if we what about if we just Nash. referred to him as Banff? Like that was his actual Bam? name was just on his belt. It I says Bamf. That I mean, that could work. Dude, I I'd mean, be it's down. sort of like the name with no name, but it's yeah. Bam. You're just casting him and you're just calling him the badass Bam. motherfucker. That that call is Bamf the whole time. call him Bamf. Yeah. Who who was hey, the who was the NFL player that I did that series with where I was trying to teach them Overwatch? I love how Spice I Adams. love how you did the series with them and you don't even know who they were. Spice that Adams. Spice That's Adams. who it was. Yes. That's who it was. <laughs> He he w became immediately attracted to the Banff buckle, and he just wouldn't stop talking about it. Every time he saw the cowboy, he was like, "That's that Banff guy." He just loved it. So we're gonna call him Banff to capture the Spice Adams demographic, huh? Yes. To get those players in the game. YouTube comments down below. What do you think, YouTube comments? We'll Leave us a comment down Banff below. What boy. do you think we should rename McCree? Banff boy. Banff <laughs> boy sounds really camp. It's like the opposite of just calling someone Banff, I feel. He's also totally not like a boy. Like cigarettes, beard. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Let's, let's see if you can come saying. up with some good ideas in the comments section below. Uh, what the heck's the next topic? I've lost my topic list. What the dickens will we talking about next? Uh, oh, there it is. Okay, great. Oh, yeah. It's uh, the rain donation. So talking about the same kind of stuff, oh, yeah. the reactions to what's been going on at Activision Blizzard, we pledged to uh, donate all of the revenue that was coming in from the Countdown Cup kind of month. So that's since uh, August 2nd, when we did the um, episode, uh, up until now. So we can give you the total, uh, which is... Da -da 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 -da. $1,629.68. So that is what YouTube says is our revenue for that period of time. That's what we're going to be donating to Rain. And also, Patrick, one of our viewers, who uh, is also a regular on a lot of our personal streams as well, has pledged to donate and match that donation as well. So the sum total from this uh, drive is going to be 3200 nah. $59.36? You guys are doing great. Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. God. Okay. So, nice so that you're going to be a doctor. That's actually mind blowing. Yeah. Doctors don't have to do that much but the fucking six digit mental arithmetic in their heads. You are going to cut people up. Yeah. Well, a lot of people chop people up without qualifications, Matthew. Yeah. It's true. It's, it doesn't require that much. Just a bandsaw and the will to be covered I in blood. I thought this was supposed to be a wholesome segment. What yeah, are we sorry, doing? Sorry, it is. It, it, it definitely is. Okay. So, Rain's a fantastic charity. If you're interested in making your own donation, please check them out. It's rain.org with two ends, like you can see in our lower third down there as well. Um, don't we have some, like, receipt or something? Or do we have to blur it and post it on Twitter or something? Because it'll have person, personal yeah, details on it. Yeah, I think Kurt's got to take my info address. Yeah, I think okay. Rain... 
generally does like because I did a donation to Rain Two and it was they have like they just send you like a thank you. I have it already. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they yeah. just got all of my personal info on it. So okay. Well, we'll blur that. that right we'll, we'll tweet yeah. it out on the Platchat account then, so that you can see there's there's confirmation, there's receipt that we have actually sent. Uh, but we haven't done the blurring yet, so we won't show it right here. But you can find it at, at Platchat Podcast. Uh, next thing to go to though is the opposite side of more fucking shitty news from the players mcd the flex support from the hangzhou spark has been terminated his contract's over in what i would consider to be not a meaningless move from the spark honestly because he was their primary player this isn't some you know no. bullshit statement they're genuinely you know this is going to potentially affect their postseason he's been terminated for i believe the term is sinophobic right it's like racist towards chinese people specifically comments yeah. that he made on stream and apparently according to like other people that have been talking about it on the Chinese uh, social aspect, like I think Gaga put out a post saying that he's got a history of doing this as well. Like, yeah, he was doing it. To, I think the other players, like even off stream, right? Right. Yeah, that's that's apparently yeah what's been going on. So pretty fucked up. Penis shit. To be honest, get him out. Yep. Yeah, it's never worry. a good look either. Like. Uh, besides the overall morals of this, which are inherently bad, like definitely do never make discriminatory statements. But like, just from like a pure baseline lizard brain level, let's say if if MCD was just was just a, a brain stem attached to limbs and there was nothing else, it was just a nervous system. Wouldn't you think it'd be a really bad idea to make discriminatory comments towards the ownership group of your team? You know, to call yeah, them, like I mean, players. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. That, that you is think just are just a ri ridiculously stupid. Even uh, yeah, I mean, his org is, is a, he's a, playing for a Chinese organization yeah. as well. With yeah. other Chinese players. Uh, yeah, With other Chinese other, players, yeah. other members of management as well. And he's, he's, I think the comments, it's hard always to judge the um, harshness and uh, discriminatory, uh, like, extremism of remarks when they're having to be translated because you don't really have the same cultural touchstone of which words carry the same level of weight but like some of the words were he was clearly using like the fact that they were chinese was supposed to be the insult like that was the part that he was using as being insulting which you know that is obviously a derogatory comment and a whole especially within asia as well where they have so many different things that i feel like a lot of people in the west are not really privy to where certain cultures have you know long-standing histories of being having tension say with each other uh, it's just not acceptable yeah not professional at the end of the day not professional that should be the standard that we should hold players to is that they need to be decent so then a comment from all of you about how this affects the hunter spark they're going to be playing against the philadelphia fusion they're already underdogs We've been crying for them to play their Chinese players all year long. Liga has not wanted to play on his own, but their backline of Coldest and Mika, right, um, could have been played at any point. And now it feels like their hand has almost been forced that they will end up playing that. Is that potentially a positive? Do they not have enough time? What, what's your thoughts on how this will impact the Spark from a purely competitive standpoint? And it might impact them a little bit, right? I mean... Like you said, I think we've wanted to see like that backline for a while with uh, you know, Coldus in. I think Coldus played some last year, if I remember correctly, right? I think uh, towards so, the yeah. end of the year, yeah, and he, yeah. he looked pretty decent. So, uh, I mean, look, they're underdogs to begin with, right? Philly seems to be a team that's like ascending in a pack. Uh, I mean, does it hurt them? Probably, but does it hurt them that much? I don't think so. Uh, 
and obviously team culture is above all right so uh yeah i mean i still think they're the underdog i still think they're in the same position so i mean it hurts them but probably not that much yeah i i agree with that i i think that this backline still with mika and coldest like they should be pretty solid they play them towards the end of the year i think we can all agree that i think it's a pretty good move on the team honestly like i don't know how much this will affect the team but i i think that coldest is like a great flex support so I don't yeah. think it's a major disruptive move in that regard, looking at their playing chances. Do you disagree? I think I sort of disagree myself. Josh, how would you go first? I think it's very difficult to judge with the Spark because the biggest thing that seems to be always holding them back is actually just integrating these players and finding communication structures that work for them in the first place. It's something they've struggled with the entire year is actually rotating their talent effectively and getting good use out of it. Um, in theory, they should have come up with a system that allows them to integrate Chinese players in more easily. Have they done that in practice? Doesn't really feel like it. Um, is there a reason that Coldest is on the bench? Probably. Does Should that give you some pause for thought for him coming in? Yeah, I think so as well. He's a great player, but how are they going to be able to integrate him with such little time on the clock? I think there was very little chance of Spike being able to make it through anyway, but I don't think this is going to be the... I don't think this is a good move for them. I don't think this is going to be like, oh, now they're finally running the right players. They're going on a run. I think, if anything, it's just going to be a little bit more of another hurdle. I mean, maybe if they just play like Winston comps with Coles and Anna. Like, I mean, I, I think that's a solid move from them because all comps are available. It plays into the strength of, you know, Coldest and yeah. Bushue. Uh, and Shy you know, as well. You're getting back on hit scan. Shy. Yeah. So, or I, I, I think if they do that, if they decide to play that stuff, like, I, I think. I'm not going to say they'll be fine because they'll lose the first match, but <laughs> they'll put up a decent performance. <laughs> I'm just worried about it because I think Coldus is like, as a player, they've, they've not had a ton of play time, but in the past, he's been nuts. Been really, really, really good. And MCD, I mean, obviously, has actually been probably one of the most consistent players on the Spark roster this whole year. Yeah. And now they're having to fit in Coldus with very little play time in a very important match. So it's kind of like, a very, it's a really tough, like, crucible moment here for Coldest. Of like, does he just pop the fuck off and like make it work with little playtime, or does he kind of, you know, does he not have a great performance? Because it's really tough to come in and play your play-in match when you played very little time at all throughout the regular season. Yep. Okay. Well, moving on. It is our final segment of the week, the most important segment of any week. It is Ooh. friends player of the week. And this one directly does come from Bren. Or I should say, go on, Matt. What? What? Trying to oh, I, thought I, I thought you were going to announce it. I thought I knew who it was. I'm pretty sure you don't know. Who do you think it is? Kanye released Donda. Oh, you oh fool. God. You fool. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, Kanye. It's, not. it's absolutely never going to be Kanye. I'm not a fan. Donda's I'm, out. No. no. Sorry. Uh, Donda to these nuts. <laughs> it, it, it ain't Kanye. No, it's come directly from, uh, from Bren's recent streaming escapades. Oh. Where uh, he's been doing oh. with me a charity stream for uh, a Pokemon race. Oh. And unfortunately, we, we've had one of our moderators moderate the, uh, moderate the race. Um, her name is RJ. Is this live currently? 
Dude, I mean, he had to reset 26 hours in. So Wait, he's why? desperately trying to catch up. Why? Because he botched his game save file. He, he like what? corrupted the game save file. And so he got oh to the end of God. the normal game and he couldn't play the post game because it wouldn't be able to save. And so he had to restart. So I've spotted him today. He can have the whole of today to try and catch up as much as he can because I was 26 hours ahead of him. Anyway, that's getting, that's getting off the track. One of the people that's helped us put this together to raise like $10,000, I think it is, for uh, the Ali Forney Center which is a, a, a charity that deals with um, homelessness in the LGBTQ, LGBTQ community. I fucked that up again. Anyway, um, one of the mods, I named a Pokemon after her cat, and then I killed the Pokemon. And I, so in penance for that, Friends Player of the Week this week is Chicago, a cat, yay! Which I think is very much, you know, how Bren would want it. Because he hated the fact that I kept giving it to players. So, hey, Chicago the cat is player of the we week. Do we have a picture of the cat? No, I mean, I could get you a picture of the cat, but I'm not going to. I don't really... Can we pull let's... up a picture, a picture of Chicago, the city? <laughs> pull up Chica a picture pull of up the a cat. Pull up a picture of Chicago's just uh, skyline. That'll do it, I think. Yeah, it's actually named nice. after Chicago... Oh, she is named after Chicago the musical rather than Chicago Which is the also... City. But Chicago is still based off the city, Chicago. Oh, is it? I've never watched the musical. I would assume I so. Yes. I've never seen it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Could be named yes, after anything. Is. I don't know. No, I, it is I don't really watch Chicago. musicals. You yeah, don't I, strike do you me as a musical other than watcher. Love Island, me? Matt. No. Do you watch anything other than Love Island. Yep, there's the Chicago Cat Clinic. Perfect. <laughs> That'll do. Chicago the Cat. Yep, Chicago the Cat. There we go. That's Anyone's perfect. near there and needs a cat clinic. They got... <laughs> Wonderful. Four star reviews. They got 87, so it might not be that bad. Yep. Absolutely. Not bad. Well, Look, there you go. There's a, the lovely, there's a lovely picture of a pussycat. That cat is called Sherry Maguire. Oh, or maybe the owner dude. was called Sherry Maguire. Normally, cats don't have surnames. But... Oh, they might. Oh. That is a cute cat. Oh, Tell me this isn't goodness. the best way of ending a Plagiar episode. That cat's name was, name was picture. Wobbles. Wobbles the cat. I like that. Wobbles, Wobbles remains skeptical. <laughs> All right. Well, all that remains for us to That's do in episode 102 like. is uh, welcome everybody, welcome anybody, in fact, to member. Do we have any new members this week, Mr. Curtis? Members? Check. One second. Let me check. load it up real quick. We okay. got three. Someone might be getting a double members? welcome. Well, 300 members. They deserve it. Uh, we got Tomasi, which might be a double welcome. Welcome to member. Welcome to we member. got Clay Bradshaw. Welcome, Welcome to member. And with a tier three membership, what? we have Patrick. Oh, oh Patrick. Patrick. Thank you. Uh, welcome welcome to Giga member. member. Yeah, and uh, a big shout out to Patrick, who, a reminder, is matching our donation to Rain this week as well. So we'll see you again for episode 103. And keep an eye out in your subscription box. Make sure you subscribe to the channel because there's going to be a Q&A episode from our members' hot takes and questions that is also getting released this week. Keep an eye out for that. We'll see you next time. Episode 103. Bye.